Welcome! This is Beyond the Hate. I'm Steven. And I'm John. And this is the epic conclusion of the Matrix trilogy. Yep. Matrix Revolutions. <laughs> Matrix Part 3. We all know you guys love this movie. <laughs> um, but before we get it going, let's say aloha and introduce the beer of the day. Yep. Uh, this is um, Aloha Series Pipeline, and this is made by uh, Kona Brewing Company, and it's, uh, what, five point something percent alcohol? I forgot. 5.3 percent alcohol. 5.3, yeah. Um, so a little, little bit weaker, but, you know, uh, considering that Keanu is Hawaiian, and this is... Uh, you know, this is a movie that features Keanu Reeves, like all the Matrix movies. Yes, and all the Matrix movies should feature Keanu Reeves. Right. <laughs> In so some the, way, shape, or form. Yeah, we're giving this uh, delicious beer a 2.5 star out of 3 stars. It's very good. It has a little bit of a bitter aftertaste, but not bad enough to not drink. It's a very good flavor beer. Smooth. It's it's definitely something that'll make you say aloha. Yeah, it's a it's a porter, and it's made with uh, Kona coffee beans. Uh, yeah, it's so it's uh that's what kind of makes it Hawaiian is that it's like because I was reading the box and it, they were talking about they like uh, roasted the Kona beans and then used that to do the brewing process to make it into a porter. That's right. why it's it's such a dark color because of the coffee that's in it. So, I was like, that's pretty interesting. So, yeah, it's it's a little bit bitter, like most porters are, but the coffee adds a different sort of flavor to it, so that, that helps. So, two and a half, I'd say that, yeah, two and a half yeah, is pretty good a, for that. that's a good rating. Yeah. Before we get too far into anything, we still have our Lizard People and Illuminati draft that's still alive. Uh... We're in the um, next round of things, so we have um, four people apiece to take, and the first pick is me, representing the lizard people. <laughs> um, which, you know, it's really hard to think about who you want to take. So I'm trying to get more into... Um, we're in the podcast round. So I was thinking I'd take a podcaster just so we could do it. And I'll take Anna Ferris. <laughs> okay. That's, uh, that would, yeah, that's, that's pretty interesting to take Anna Ferris. To represent the lizard people. Right. She's on a great show called Moms with Jamie Presley and, um, Allison Janney. Yeah. Oscar winner. Um, <laughs> yeah, Mom, the show Mom is actually pretty good. Like that's, And it's also got William Fichtner in it. Yeah, it has William Fichtner in it because, you know, he just shows up in everything. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, who we got in this movie? We got William Fichtner. Oh, of course, yeah. Well, I was waiting for us to probably get him if, at some point. <laughs> yeah, William Fichtner's like, I really like this show. Can I, can I be a part of this? Like, really? Right. I mean, I say, like, really, like, it's a bad show or something. It's not. I mean, it's a really... I mean, yeah. like, we just named, like, three of, like, the best actresses in Hollywood. And, yeah. I mean, that doesn't... But the um, show's really funny, though. 
It is. I've seen some of it. It's, it's, it's pretty funny. Because one of the main episodes that I saw was like when uh, William Fickner first shows up in the show, because he ends up calling the wrong number, or he ends up calling a number that this girl gave him and realizes that it's the wrong number, and then he ends up talking to you know Anna Ferris's mom and that, and then eventually they are like. She's just like talking to him, just like every day, <laughs> you know. Right. I, I was mean, like, why that's... not? I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. I do. Yeah, that's how that. he. That's how he first showed up in the show. Yeah. Because then I looked it up and I was like, is he like a recurring character? That's a pretty big person to have just for like a one-off, like mm-hmm. a one-episode character. And then he just stays in the show after that <laughs> point. I was like, that's pretty cool. You know, I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, because why not? I mean, it's a. Um, I want to say it's a, a single camera show. They do it in front of a live audience. I yeah. want to say that's mm-hmm. that's right. Um, if I remember right, yeah, I think it is. I think I heard Anna Ferris talk about it on her podcast, which I'll give a shout-out to, Unqualified. Um, uh, well, if you listen to any of your earlier shows, you already know that. Right. Um, but uh, Steve listens to a shit ton of podcasts. I do, I do. You know, <laughs> some of them are really great, and some of them, you know, I mean... Some of these celebrity podcasts are a little bit harder to listen to because some of them don't have anything to say, but she she definitely does. And Dak Shepard is something that I'm new to right now, and he, he has stuff to say. Yeah. Um, I always get that dude confused with Zach Braff. <laughs> <laughs> he actually did an episode on his show with Zach Braff, and it's really good. You guys should check it out. Yeah. After you check out our show first, don't 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 listen, don't stop our show and go listen to theirs because. It, 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 in comparison, it's shit. Right. <laughs> we're still at the top of the heap. Yeah. <laughs> so, obviously, we're, we're definitely not haters. We're giving shout-outs to other podcasts. And right, We, we yeah. probably will in the future. You know, How Did This Get Made gets a lot of yeah. shout-outs. But, actually, we are the anti-that, pretty much. Yeah, so. we're pretty much like yeah. the, the complete opposite of How Did This Get Made. Yeah, we don't agree so. with most of the stuff they talk about. And Jason Manzoukas is probably the focal reason that we ever listen to it because he's just right. hilarious i think jason manzoukas is my spirit animal <laughs> <laughs> isn't he all you're right spirit animals. i you, rock hard right now you really have like a couple different spirit animals and podcasting and one of them is probably like jason manzoukas then you'd have like the mark Marin, um and then like the anna ferris and then you know that's then you'll you know the the geek section of podcasting which is history and science and you know, all those guys that, um, Stuff You Should Know podcast, and, uh, you know. True Crime Garage. And true Crime stuff, which is relaying information, uh, instead of creating content. Uh, like, the information's out there for you to find, they just say it. Uh, we don't necessarily do that. We give information, but not necessarily that you could just easily find that's what we try to do like give you information that's a little bit harder to find and then also bring some positive and all this negativity in podcasting because most people are on the opposite end of what we do right Um, yeah because it's easier to be negative than to be positive yeah and this lizard people illuminati uh draft uh this might be the last round for now and because we're going to do a different draft on the next episode probably so that's something that um we're probably going to do so this round is very important yeah so um the illuminati is on the clock right so and i've been thinking about what i wanted to take uh for some of these picks and some of the other ones i'll probably just go through like maybe some people that i've maybe missed so far but one of them that i have to take 
and he's got influence. He's huge in Hollywood. I mean, he he gets invited to shit like the royal wedding. You know, congratulations to the first that I can think of uh, American Duchess of Sussex, <laughs> Meghan Markle. Yeah. Um, so props to that. Also, that Jaguar they had at their at their wedding was fucking amazing. 1968 Jaguar E-Type. Look that shit up online. I didn't watch uh, any of that. Yeah, I only watched it for the car, really. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, but somebody who can get invited to a wedding like that has some power, has some influence. I'm taking George Clooney. George Clooney? That is a great pick, yep. actually. I, was I mean, thinking, wouldn't like, I needed... we all pick George Clooney? Right, yeah. Except to be Batman. Right. Uh, <laughs> George Clooney, amazing ambassador for America. Shit is Batman. <laughs> This is known. This is known. I'm pretty sure he would even tell you that. He'll even tell you. Yeah, we all know who the best Batman is. Let's say it at once. Adam West. <laughs> no, no, we're we're to count down to it. We're to say it at the same time. Three, two, one. Val Christian Kilmer. Bale. Oh. <laughs> okay, so tie. It's a tie. Then. It's a tie. <laughs> Fuck it. We'll go with that. Fuck it. We'll do it live. Uh. Hey, look, we're eventually going to cover Batman Forever. Yeah. So we, we're not talking shit about Val Kilmer, but uh, part of me almost thought you were going to say that it was Keaton. Yeah, I was, but that was too obvious. I, yeah. I know the people listening is like, they're going to say like Keaton, right? Yeah, oh, Michael Keaton, right? No, we said, <laughs> I mean, Keaton is one of the best Batmans, like... Um, I mean, if not the best, we're not going to argue and debate who's the best Batman. Um, we just know who wasn't the best Batman, uh, which obviously that was um, Ben Affleck. Uh, <laughs> if you don't know by now, you you definitely know. <laughs> His oh, character man. was written poorly too, so it's not all on him. We're not saying Affleck himself. Um, but the stuff they do in the story. But that's a different thing. We're, we, we don't hate on the movie. I've seen it. so Yeah. I've contributed my my time. Right. Um, so I'm going to go ahead, since you took someone very powerful, and I was looking at the list, and I'm like, how did this slip by? How did this slip by the Illuminati? But he's about to be a lizard person. Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. <laughs> Yeah, well, I wasn't quite thinking. I wasn't quite thinking Mike, because Mike was like further down the list. So you're kind of jumping the gun there a little bit. But you know, that's... I don't think so. Got those Jordans. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone that wears Jordans is a lizard person. Right. <laughs> well, then shit. That might mean me make me a lizard person. Then well, shit. Oh shit. <laughs> Can I draft myself into my own organization? <laughs> uh, um. Oh, man, so let's see, Jordan. So let's see, the Illuminati. Because we we have to be we have to be kind of like everywhere and like all kinds of different mm-hmm. sports and things like that. So you can't take Nightcrawler. He's not real. <sighs> no shit, and he teleports too much, so he would he would be unreliable to show up for yeah. meetings and shit. You know, like. We build the giant laser, and then he pops in, and you know, and then he just fucking leaves, and it's like, what the hell, dude? Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. So no, can't do that. Um, 
Yeah, see, this is where it gets complicated because now you're trying to think of somebody who can, who can have like some some decent influence. Uh, I would say. Let me look at the list of everybody who's been taken because I'm trying to make sure I'm not like forgetting people. Because if you name someone that's already on the list, we automatically give you the person that they look the most alike. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I'm taking Leo DiCaprio. Leo! <laughs> I had to get another I didn't get another another really good actor in there. <laughs> we gotta we gotta get him in there. Just you know, get the, the flow of the greatness in there. Environmentalist. I mean Leo is always on the list. Yeah. You want power and influence, that's one of them right there. <laughs> right. So that that's a that's a really good pick actually. Mm -hmm. um, it's very it's very hard to beat that pick. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. It's been amazing since he was a kid. You know when he was a kid he was in this movie with Robert De Niro. Um, what was that movie called? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about. You can correct us if you want to. Beyond the hate of Yahoo dot com. Um, I remember it, but it's been so long, uh, so long ago since that movie came out. So, that's just, uh... Yeah, I think, um, it... With DiCaprio, too, I think one of the, the things for him is that he's... You know, like, a lot of people, like, when they look at, like, old-school actors that are, like, you know, from their generation, Leo will be that for our generation. Right. Because you have right. people that look back and they're like, oh, man, Humphrey Bogart, that dude was amazing, you know, and, like, Orson Welles and, like, that kind of shit that was, like, old-school Hollywood, you know? Um, like, Steve McQueen and, like, guys like that that were from, like, that older generation. DiCaprio will be that for us. Right. We'll look will. back. We'll, we're, like, 80. We're going to be like, you know who was the most badass motherfucker of all time? Leonardo DiCaprio, Humphrey Bogart can suck a dick. Exactly. We will say that about Humphrey Bogart. <laughs> Humphrey Bogart can suck a dick. Just make a t-shirt about it. People will be like, what the hell is that about? That was from Beyond the Hate podcast. They were talking about Humphrey Bogart could just suck a dick. <laughs> I cannot really name one Humphrey Bogart movie. Uh, the only thing I can think of is like a Casablanca. Wasn't he in Casablanca? I think so. Yeah, wasn't that Humphrey Bogart? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, so that leads me to another badass motherfucker and a relevant pick for this episode. I'm taking him. Cool Breeze himself. Keanu Reeves. Keanu, okay. <laughs> I don't know if he really needs the lizard people technology or the genetics or anything because we're pretty sure that Keanu's immortal. He's immortal like... I don't think he's a vampire because he's not evil and he's out in the day all the time. I mean, but I think he's just immortal. Like, uh, what was what was that? Um, Dorian Gray was that based off Keanu Reeves? Like, <laughs> does he have a painting somewhere that makes him immortal? I mean, I, I don't he know. has to. Yeah, I have no idea. Oh, Dorian Gray. I kept thinking of Christian Gray. I'm like, how does this relate to Fifty Shades Dorian of Grey? Gray. You know that story. <laughs> Not Christian Gray. Yeah. God. Oh, that's, man. See, that's what's wrong with the world. Right. <laughs> we, I got we, confused we, if we I had for a second. We think more about this pop culture bullshit right. than actual, like, 
good stories. Oh my god, uh, yeah, I fucked that one up because I kept thinking I was like, "Isn't that the dude from Fifty Shades of Grey?" I'm like, "No, it's Christian Grey, not Dorian Gray." Jesus. <laughs> oh. And John's gonna take Jamie Dorian. No. <laughs> uh, is it's the that guy what? that plays Christian? Grey. Oh right, I was. <laughs> <laughs> we are just fucking up bad right now. Uh, yeah. Okay, so I have to make another pick, so I need uh, see, I need somebody who can be influential, and since you took Jordan, I need almost somebody who can balance that. Are you going to take out. Dre? What? Oh. No. <laughs> I'm taking Magic Johnson. Oh, Magic, okay. Yeah. I thought you were going to take Dr. Dre, because of the beats. Uh, no, although that's not a bad idea. But, uh, no, I'm taking Magic Johnson, because, I mean, he, uh, well, he pretty i mean he's like he owns the dodgers like a good percentage of the dodgers and he does like a lot of stuff for like housing he does like a lot of stuff for charity he's like uh, he's like in the lakers organization <laughs> so so you know. yeah so with the last pick of the lizard people i almost took jimmy the dick man jones jimmy the dick man but, but he might be dead yeah we're, we're pretty sure he's dead <laughs> we're pretty sure he's dead so yeah. i can't take jimmy nah so, let's see. I am going to take, with the final pick of this draft, Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Wow. Oh, man. She, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> Lizard people are kicking ass now. Yeah. Because she's dated a lot of people. That's influenced, done brainwashed them. I'm pretty sure they, they're using some of those people's skin. I mean, have you seen Jake Gyllenhaal lately? He's definitely a lizard now. Yeah. Well, and he's also going to be in the new Spider-Man movie, too. So <laughs> He is? Yeah, he's going to be the villain in the new Spider-Man movie. I was looking at it, like, I think last night. I was flipping through my Google News feed on my phone, and they were like, Jake Gyllenhaal confirmed to be in, you know, the new Spider Avengers-era Spider-Man series. Wow. And I'm like, okay... <laughs> that's I'm, interesting I'm not a huge Gyllenhaal fan but I'm kind of into that yeah that, that sounds like something different finally let's see what they what, what he can do yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm in for that yeah, yeah. let's see let's see let's see you if you got. can redeem yourself from Prince of Persia no I'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> I actually like Prince of Persia I thought the movie was pretty good yeah but, it was okay but we're all, we're like glass half full people anyway so. yeah it could have been worse yeah they could have got I don't know, who's worse than Jake Gyllenhaal? Edward Norton. They Edward Norton. Edward Norton. <laughs> <laughs> I like Edward Norton too. He is awesome in a lot of stuff, but we like to make fun of him. If you know yeah. us uh, all the time, we, you know, we make fun of Edward Norton a lot, but we actually like Edward Norton. It's yeah. just, He's it's just so easy to make fun of. Yeah, I mean, look at him. He got far from being the Hulk. Yeah. And when you're, in, when you're the Hulk, you're in like 20% of the movie. Yeah. How do you get far from that? Right? <laughs> so as far as the Illuminati goes, we need somebody who's super powerful, has preferably a lot of money, somebody who has uh, a little bit of everything, you know, maybe... I got what you're saying. Maybe... Madonna. <laughs> Madonna. No, not right. quite, although she would be... She would not be bad for our side. <laughs> uh, you know, you can't go wrong with the material girl. But, uh, no, I need somebody who owns, like, maybe a TV network, maybe owns a magazine, has a book club. I'm taking Oprah. Oprah! <laughs> yep. 
Because who, what woman has more power and influence than Oprah? I mean, people were like, she should run for president. And she's like, no, I don't want that. <laughs> Fucking no. Why would I want to be president? And people were like, I, we, we, you would totally give votes. And let's not be, let's not shit ourselves. Oprah would totally get votes if she ran for president. Well, she would win. Apparently everybody right now can run to be president. You, you can literally be anybody. Run for president, everybody. Everybody right. flood the market of presidency. Everyone run. You know Let's who should let everyone be, run. You know who should be president eventually once he's old enough is J.J. Watt because that dude's fucking amazing. Yeah, props to you, J.J. I mean, paying for the funeral of all the kids who died in that Santa Fe shooting, that's a real hero. You are. Yeah. Salute to you. Cheers, mate. Yeah, cheers to J.J. Watt for being awesome in a world full of scumbags and assholes. Yeah, we left him off the list because he is just, you know, I don't think the Illuminati or the Lizard people could ever refer to J.J. Watt because he's just too powerful. Yeah, too powerful. <laughs> so, with the final draft, I'll go ahead and tell you the people that the Lizard people drafted and the people the Illuminati drafted. So, I'll start with the Lizard people. Lizard people, just so you know, have Channing Tatum, Metallica, <laughs> Donald Trump, Eminem, Roseanne, Aubrey Plaza, Jim Carrey, Clint Eastwood, Michael J. Fox, Jack Black, Mark Cuban, Colin Kaepernick, Anna Ferris, Michael Jordan, Keanu Reeves, and Taylor Swift. <laughs> That's a pretty good list. Pretty good list. Yeah. And then the Illuminati have Lady Gaga, Kobe Bryant, Gold Dust, Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> Marilyn Manson, Rihanna, Angelina Jolie, Paris Hilton, because she can suck. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's because we want inroads of the Hilton Hotel fortune. Not because of her fellatio skills, Steve. Which are pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we're just giving you props. Yeah, props. A lot lot of people can't do that. Well, well, Um, some women don't know how to give heads, so props to you. (laughs) You're an amazing person, Paris. We don't want to degrade you or anything like that. We're just saying, you're awesome. Yeah, right. Just all around awesome. That's why you're in the Illuminati. Yeah, that's why why I picked you, because you're cool. Nicki Minaj, Peyton Manning, Elon Musk, The Rock... George Clooney, Leonardo DiCaprio, Magic Johnson. I wrote. I wrote. I didn't even finish it. I wrote. I wrote Ma- Magic Johnson. Johnson. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> and Oprah. <laughs> Oprah. <laughs> oh my God. I, I, oh my I like. God. I like my my Illuminati batch. I think that's a good batch. So next time you guys are wondering who's an Illuminati or who's a lizard person, that is the official list. The next draft will be on the next episode, and I'm not gonna spoil it. Um. So. Um. We. Um. Actually, I probably do need to talk about what we're doing on the next draft before we we get to it. So. Because he knows what's going on. I don't. This is totally you don't. new to so me. So this, this, is, this is the conversation. I had a couple ideas, but the first one I like the best. So it's going to be a trade draft, basically. And I know that doesn't make sense from the sound of it, but fuck it. It's going to be my birthday episode. Yeah. Uh, on the, next, the next episode will be recorded on the day uh, of... My birthday. So, 
Yay, happy birthday. Yay. Uh, <laughs> I will be 360 years old. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, old bitch. <laughs> so what that is, is it's going to be one of us will flip a coin. Uh, we'll be representing um, the living and the other the dead. And basically, you're drafting to replace. You're drafting a dead person to replace a living person. Oh, great. Awesome. So we can sacrifice <laughs> Channing Tatum to get Chris Farley back. Yes, if that's what we want to do, oh. that is what we're going to do. And so we'll do a precursor warning saying if you are sensitive or you might get mad about us talking about someone should die, we're not actually saying someone should kill them. We're just saying, you know, if you had a chance to swap this person for this person that's dead, then that's exactly what we'll do. Yeah. So it's going to be a little bit different draft. Like someone will... Um, Probably it'll be a serpentine thing. Like the first round will be someone naming the dead people that they won't brought back, and the other person naming the people that they would trade for them. Okay. <laughs> so, so you nominate and then and then do a swap. Yeah, nominate and elect. So that's uh, going to be fun, I think, and pretty funny. Yeah, that should be pretty funny. About this movie, we were actually tied into the other movie because uh, they were filmed back to back. Yeah. So a lot of the things in the last episode, if you want to know facts about this movie or facts in general about the Matrix, I would recommend just listen to the Reloaded episode because that's where most of the facts are. Yeah. Um, so um, the Mobile Avenue part. In the transition, the oh the yeah, mobile avenue that's like where the the trains load with the train man. Yeah, uh, that's an anagram, anagram from Limbo, and it actually is kind of funny because Keanu Reeves is dyslexic, so that actually helped him out a lot. I didn't know Keanu Reeves was dyslexic. Oh really? Um, so that was something that actually kind of helped him understand some some of that stuff. So that's interesting. This movie had a budget of 150 million dollars made 427 million worldwide the entire matrix franchise made how much money john 1.6 billion 1.6 billion dollars in the 90s if you adjust for inflation yeah now so, it would be 1.6 billion which would be pretty good that's pretty damn good pretty damn good so this is so I got some trivia. Um, so the first question is, to this date, what actor is the highest paid? A, The Rock. B, Keanu Reeves. C, Brad Pitt. Or D, Robert Downey Jr. The highest paid? Yes. Uh... 
I would say Brad Pitt. No. Technically, the highest paid actor still to this day is Keanu Reeves. Oh, really? <laughs> he made $156 million for the Matrix trilogy, which means his average per rate for those movies is the highest ever for any actor ever. Oh, wow. Yeah, see, see what I'm saying? No one's ever, no actor has ever made $156 million for a trilogy. Only Keanu Reeves. Oh, wow. <laughs> is that because he got such a big cut of it? Well, yeah, and it then, like, is. And licensing rights and stuff for, like, the Neo-likeness yeah. and all that. And this is even after Video he game. gave away $38 million to his crew. Yeah. So he is the highest paid actor of all time. Right. <laughs> I was, it just it like what the, on the other episode where you're talking about like people are going to complain about his emotionless face and all that stuff, <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? I think sometimes the thing is is that Keanu is acting so well, it seems like he's not doing a good job. Like it's that good, for some reason. Like it's this weird like opposite effect where people are seeing acting so good that they're like. Nah, I mean, he just has no emotions. It's like, no, if anything, he's probably more in tune to emotions than anybody else. Oh, yeah. See John, no. see John Wick, which uh, is coming. We have so much stuff that we want to do, but we got to separate our Keanos. Um, yeah. Know, we'll, have to do, we'll have to do uh, John Wick at some other point, because I actually did find hate for that. Well, and I also found hate for Black Panther, so that'll be something that happens. Yeah, very soon. Very soon. So, that's a very interesting thing about Keanu Reeves. And also, just to plug him a little bit more, is that um, Destination Wedding um, preview with him and Wynoa Ryder looks amazing. Um, okay, so, Keanu Reeves' father, Samuel Reeves Jr., did what as a job? A, a dancer. B, a writer. C, a drug dealer, or D, a male prostitute? <laughs> I th aren't they called gigolos? No. <laughs> I, don't think, uh, I, don't, I don't think any way you phrase it is very good. Right. Um, he, was a, he was a writer, I think, wasn't he? No, he was a drug dealer. He was a drug dealer? <laughs> oh, for real? Wow, that's uh, that's something you don't really read every day. Yeah, so okay. I'm pretty sure a lot of people didn't know that. I actually found it, confirmed it, confirmed it again. So yeah, <clears throat> that's very interesting. Yeah, um, that's why Steve's a reporter because he'll look for shit like that. Yes, I will. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I I probably actually missed my call, and I'm really good at research. Right. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne appeared on what popular kids' TV show? This one's a good one, actually. So. A, Pee Wee's Playhouse, B, Family Matters, C, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, or D, Barney. No, he was on, um, ah, shit, he was on uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse because he had like a little cowboy head and shit he on. He was Cowboy Curtis. Right. <laughs> he That's, was Cowboy Curtis. I just Curtis. happened to remember that when you said that. I was like, no, it is Pee Wee because I've seen that before. Yeah, I didn't actually think you would get that one. Uh, that yeah. See the other I ones just, I try to throw in because I, I'd, I'd probably have you made like what's because the because part of my mind was like wasn't he like on Fresh Prince and then I'm like no no it, it was definitely I remember him wearing like a fucking cowboy hat 
and dressed up like a cowboy on a Pee Wee show. So I'm yeah. like, it's gotta be Pee Wee Herman. It has yeah. to be. Otherwise, my memory is just fucked. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So that that yeah that's wow. You, I didn't actually think that was the one that you would get. I so. just remember that one because I remember seeing that. Yeah. Yeah, I think we both watched Pee Wee's Playhouse when we were kids. Yeah. Which. Uh, as we get older, some of our childhood is going to keep getting ruined. Like, yeah. I remember loving the Cosby show, and look how that fucking turned out. You know, honestly, there was other people that worked on the Cosby show, so, you know, this might be an unpopular opinion, but if you like the show, watch it, because there's other people that worked their asses off to make that show good. Yeah. It's like, not just Bill. Like Felicia Rashad. And yeah, so I, I don't think those things should be disrespected because of one fucking idiot. Yeah. Uh, well, piece Jamal of shit. Warner. Yeah, I mean. yeah, there's a lot of good people on that cast. But anyway, yeah, that's that's all I'm saying. Okay, so um, Hugo Weaving doesn't have a driver license and never had. He decided to never have a driver's license because a the environment, b poor vision, c seizures, or d cars are too human. Uh, I'm gonna say it's because of, uh, it's environmentally friendly? No. Just as a guess? No, he had seizures as a teenager and he never felt like he, driving, he thought it was irresponsible. Oh, um, okay. So he has never had his driver's license and still does not. So, yeah, I bet he was glad when Uber <laughs> came along. <laughs> yeah. I can I mean, actually fucking get somewhere now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Hugo's been successful for a while not only as an actor just in general life right um yeah. so he's probably had people drive him around I taxis yeah he probably has like a chauffeur or something that drives him yeah yeah i mean he he deserves it though he's a hard-working dude yeah um so bef- before we get into the next thing um i was gonna do this at the end of the show but i think from what you told me about the comments you know might not even be time so let's go ahead and do yeah. it right now so, so let's say we're going to recast the Matrix by today's standards. Okay. Um, you know, let's say they're going to make another Matrix trilogy. They're going to start from the beginning. Maybe they do things differently, but generally the characters that they do are, are going to be based off the older characters. So it's not a continuation. It's just a total reboot. So... Who would you cast as Neo? <sighs> as Neo? Man, I don't know. That's because... Right, you want to? Let's start from the bottom and work to up to Neo. Okay. So you can think about that. Okay. Who would you cast as Agent Smith? This one is easy to me. And I actually have two answers. As Agent Smith? Um... My answer would be Benedict Cumberbatch. Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, that could probably work. And then my other answer was Idris Elba. Idris Elba. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I could see that. They could both be pretty good as a uh, as a Smith. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on the Smith? Throw somebody in on the Smith pool? Ah, uh, shit. Because I'm, I'm trying to think of like who would have the... Uh, like the voice cadence and like just the, the menacing face... That Hugo does is Smith. That's, that's why I thought about Benedict. 
Because yeah. he's very, very good vocalization. He has that really good menacing face, and he's yeah. also got like an awesome voice too. Yeah, and he's actually pretty good at action stuff. So that's that's one of the guys that I was like, yeah, I mean, he could just fucking nail it. Uh, I don't know. I don't think I can come up with something better than Cumberbatch. That's actually pretty good, <laughs> or Elba for that matter. Okay, so Cumberbatch yeah. or Elba, lock it in. Yeah. Uh, Morpheus. I actually had a genius... I, I said Morpheus on a different version, which I said Will Smith. Right. But I take that back, because I thought of someone better. Okay. Anthony Mackie. Anthony Mackie. Oh, yeah. Anthony Mackie, he actually has the gap in his teeth, and he's very good talker, and he can do a lot of that stuff. Uh, like, the action, of course, he can do it. But the acting, you know, he, he is an amazing actor. So I was thinking Mackie. And he doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, black or look like um, Lawrence Fishburne or anything. But my thought was someone that could actually pull off being Morpheus. So that's also what made me think Anthony Mackie. Be kind of a, that'd be sort of a younger Morpheus. But yeah. yeah, he would be definitely a younger Morpheus. But that would be pretty interesting. Yeah, or even well, if he did like a, like a, uh, a prequel or something like that. Yeah, having Mackie him could... as a young Morpheus, that would be pretty interesting, you know. Yeah. Do you yeah. have any ideas for it? Um, for Morpheus? Because I actually thought Jet Li also. Um, Jet Li would be interesting, Morpheus. Yeah. Get well soon, Jet. Um, yeah, get well soon, man. Because um, he's his health is kind of bad right now. Uh, let's see, Morpheus. I guess maybe if you wanted to maybe swap around, like if you could have Smith be black, then maybe you could have Morpheus be white. John Hamm. John Hamm is Morpheus. We we love John. John, <laughs> John Hamm for president. John Hamm for president. Uh, okay, Trinity. I actually have a fascination of who should be Trinity, but I'll let you go first. Uh, Trinity. Let's see. Let's see, I would do something just kind of off the wall. Bryce Dallas Howard. Bryce Dallas Howard, I would love to see that. Yeah. So she's amazing. My thought was, of course, Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey Plaza. <laughs> yeah, I could see that too. I the thought thing. about her for like a split second, but I was like, I'm like, I, I, th I think it'd be pretty cool to see because Bryce Dallas could really nail all the acting stuff. Because if you fuckers are going to do Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart, just a black and white dude, instead of casting a female as Green Lantern, specifically Aubrey Plaza, right? <laughs> let's get that shit going. Yeah. Why can't we have, like, let's, let's scrap Hal Jordan. We've already done that. Let's have Jon Stewart and then, you know, or call her Hal Jordan. Yeah. That could be a girl, too. And then let's have Aubrey Plaza in common. Or Tyrese. Yeah. Be Let's rock this shit. Right? I would fucking watch that. All. That'd make a billion dollars. Yeah. You know, Common would also make a good Morpheus, too, if you wanted to stick by yeah, the fish. Actually, example. now that I just said that, <laughs> yeah. that's fucking Common. is a brilliant idea. Yeah, that would be pretty good. Yeah, that would be. <laughs> or Denzel. If you just wanted to blow everyone's mind, be like, Morpheus is Denzel now. I'd be like, what? <laughs> yeah. What the sh Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> or what would be really cool if you're rebooting it and you're like, okay, Keanu, we want you to be Morpheus. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, he takes over the he takes over the mentor role this time. Yeah. And then it makes sense in the Matrix. That would actually probably more likely be like a part four. Yeah. Type type thing. You yeah. know, like a 
like Neo, like Keanu is Neo actually is res- the yeah. Morpheus, and then you have Idris Elba's Agent Smith, and right, yeah, that'd be pretty <laughs> badass. Yeah, that would be pretty awesome. Yeah, it just kind of, yeah, it just kind of like blow your mind. And I, I had a great idea for Neo, but what do you think? Uh, see, Neo, that's that's interesting to me because you'd have to have because I think the thing about Neo that made like Neo so interesting was that because Neo was like kind of a mixed race person too because mm-hmm. I think that's because Neo is kind of he's like multiple different nationalities and stuff like that so it's like trying to find somebody else who's similar to that they could be kind of like a, a well, I didn't every, even think about the race like an every person type of person because that was one of the reasons the Wachuskas think I, I think ended up liking having Keanu do it because he does come from a mixed background. I don't and, think that factored in. But I, uh, I, I'm not. I quite mean, maybe sure. not. But <laughs> you know, they because Keanu was actually the studio one of the studio's choice. They wanted Val Kilmer. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. Like I think because I'm trying to think of like who could be. We could be good for something like that, cause see my idea, because I just I think they're very similar, uh, except um, Logan Lerman uh, was who I was thinking could play Neo. Yeah, uh, I mean I thought about that too, but I was like, he's got amazing fighting style. No, I got it, Adam Driver. Adam Driver as Neo. That'd be interesting. Yeah, I think he yeah he he would uh, definitely have that seriousness to him. Uh. The thing about Driver though is, could he could he make it as fun as Keanu made it? <laughs> that would be the thing. Yeah, but you know, if it's a reboot, maybe you know Neo's different than that, so it could work. Maybe that's true. Yeah, we it, can he... make it less fun. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make it less. fun. Adrian Elba, he would handle the fun. Right. Yeah. <laughs> handle the fun. That should be a T-shirt. Handle the fun. Idris Elba's <laughs> Idris Elba handles the fun. You're right. <laughs> I agree with that. Okay, so there's this, uh, before we get to your comments and stuff, have you ever uh, heard about... Um, let me see if I can say it right. The No Way and neo Dudism. But What? Okay, so it's kind of a religion type thing. <laughs> and I'm not going to... S- okay. Okay. Um, so it's about Keanu Reeves. And what it is, is about if everything that Keanu Reeves does can explain the universe, basically. <laughs> uh, he holds the secret to life. I just felt like mentioning this because I'm not going to read all this or tell you exactly what it's about, but I came across this. I could see it scrolling on his phone and it's like, holy shit, and this is a And it's a whole thought. website. Into the no way and neo. What is it called? Neo Taoism. My bad. I said it wrong. Da, uh, they spell it. They neo, spell it Dudism, but it's Taoism. Yeah. Like they're okay. Yeah, because it's a play on Buddhism. Yeah, Dudism. Okay. Yeah, Dudism. 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 Okay. So no, that's that's related to Big Lebowski. Yeah, Dudism. But uh, so this is actually something that's very interesting, and I kind of want your you guys' feedback on this. Um, when you guys look it up, I want to know your comments at beyondthehate.yahoo.com because this is very interesting. I looked up on my research and I was reading some of it and I was like, 
What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I want to scroll through some of the ideas of fan theories. And I don't want to spend a lot of time on most of them. I just want to kind of um, go through them. Um, like, let's go ahead and start with Agent Smith is the one. He is not the one. He is... Um, trying to destroy humanity. I mean, that's basically what he's doing. So he makes it almost impossible for people to be unplugged because he basically takes over the whole matrix. Right. So he's the matrix and Neo's the virus to destroy the matrix. And that's pretty simple. I mean, they explain that like probably 800 times in the movie. Yeah. Uh, the matrix in the matrix theories, which is basically saying that Zion was also part of the matrix. I can see why that is a thing, because a lot of people thought that the twist was going to be that the humans actually um, developed the Matrix to trap the machines. Uh, and then the, the layers of the Matrix, and Neo himself was a machine. But that never happened in the movie, so no, you're wrong. <laughs> uh, Argument invalid. <laughs> right? I mean, they're not going to be like, we're going to end the trilogy with, like, no ending. Right. Oh, well, he can see the Matrix in Zion, so clearly they're still in the Matrix. Maybe, but that's not... They didn't say that. So, why would they end an entire trilogy without finishing the story? That's dumb. Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, Morpheus is a bad guy. That's dumb. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not even... I'm not going to spend a lot of time that. on that. Morpheus is not a bad guy. No. Because uh, they're, they're like the whole theory thing's like, well, he's worked for the machines or whatever. You're, you're stupid. Right. Uh, <laughs> Your argument is invalid. The theory connects Star Wars to the Matrix. That uh, that doesn't hold any weight. Okay, so those are most of the dumb fan theories. And a lot of those don't hold any ground. The only one that holds a little bit of ground is the thing about Zion's part of the Matrix. Because they do imply some of that. But... Like I said, they didn't write it. They didn't say it in the movie. It didn't happen. So no, that's that's not true. Yeah, nothing else. The, the machines and Zion are linked because it's it's a relationship. But anyway, now you know <laughs> the humans could have created the Matrix, or you know because they have forgotten a lot about the history. But regardless if they did or not, the machines used it to trap them in it. Right. So it doesn't really matter. Because it's not run by them anymore. It's run by the machines. Yeah, so it doesn't really matter who created the Matrix. Yeah. But, uh... Like flying at us, and we like, we're like trying to it. smack that shit. And then when I slapped like it, I realized, that, yeah, I, <laughs> when I slapped it, I was like, my hand like went straight through it, and I was like, whoa, <laughs> we're in the matrix, right? Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, okay, so I was digging through comments on here, and this movie is probably the most hated uh, movie of all the Matrix movies because people, for some reason, people just don't fucking understand this movie and they bitch about it all the time so I have to, you know, like I had to do with all the Matrix movies, I had to boil everything down to its essence and so 
the first thing I came across, which I thought was like, I don't know why this has to be said, but we're going to reiterate what the fuck this is talking about. Number one, it is bad for people who haven't seen The Matrix, which is very good indeed, in brackets, nor The Matrix Reloaded, quite bad, better best avoided, and that's in brackets, uh, to not enough Matrix-educated people, this movie is completely meaningless. The story has no relevance to the other ones. And Reloaded, Neo suddenly has the ability to destroy the machines outside the Matrix. I saw Matrix Reloaded in the theater and spent the movie largely lost because the action sort of kind of kept my interest. What I noticed about the movie was most of the pseudo-intellectual multi-syllabic pablum I don't know what that word is. He's just a bunch of fucking that gibberish. Was, that was being spewed by the actors, most notably by the architect. I watched about 25 minutes of The Matrix Revolutions and simply got fed up by the vague half-answers mumbled by the Oracle and the 1400th gunfight. Maybe I should have watched the previous movie before seeing the next one. Maybe there's more there than I am able to see, but I doubt it. <laughs> so... Now, that is taken from two different comments, so it probably sounds a bit weird in the way that it's written. That isn't one continuous person's thought. That's, like, two people's thoughts. But I thought that because it's, like, people don't really understand how the movies go together, I was like, I think these kind of work together, so I'm going to smash these together in, like, a little hate sandwich. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I get it. I understand. You're, you're dumb, and you don't understand the movie, which I think <laughs> is probably a lot of the problem. I mean, Lawrence Fishburne was probably mostly right. Where it's like, this isn't going to work because it's too smart. They're not going to make this movie. They made it. And then people are like, wait, what? The fuck is this? How can he do that? Right. I mean, but, but do this. Okay, let me ask you something. How can the machines kill humans inside the Matrix? Same thing applies for the machines. Whoa, mind blown. Right. <laughs> but uh, the... The thing that gets me is they were like, uh, it is bad for people who haven't seen the original Matrix. This is Why would you the... watch part three of anything when you haven't seen one or two? Right. Why the fuck would you watch the third movie in something that you haven't seen the first two? Or like imply that, like, well, if you hadn't seen the first movie, you're probably not going to know what's going on. Don't go watch Jurassic Park 3 and be like, oh, man, Jurassic Park sucks. Right? <laughs> like, I don't understand how you... This is a fucking trilogy. To the, up to this point, there's been two Matrix movies. If you jump in at part three, you're not going to know what the fuck is going on. I can't even watch a movie without finishing it. Like, I, like I can't... Like, 20 minutes in, if the movie starts there, I can't stand that. Like, I'm like, no, start it over. Yeah, it started at the very beginning, But so. you've seen this movie before. I don't care. I can't watch a movie like that. I have to watch it from beginning to end, or I can't watch it. Right. <laughs> Unless, no, sometimes if I'm doing, like, notes and stuff and I'm, like, re-watching the movie, I might have, like, maybe somebody mention something in a comment and then I'll, like, I'll, like, jump to that part of the movie. But that's because I've already watched the whole thing all the way through, like, one time and then maybe with a commentary track and then I'm going back through and I'm nitpicking, like, specific scenes. Yeah, it's still very but, hard for me to do because I'm, yeah. like, very OCD about that, like, like... You know, somebody might start a movie like right here and be like, you want to watch it? But no, 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 start it over. <laughs> Go back to the beginning, Dan. I don't want to know what happens in the But very you've beginning. seen Tropic Thunder like 20 times. I don't care. I want to see the fucking commercials. Right. <laughs> because Al Pacino loves the pussy. Right. <laughs> I want to see that before I watch this movie. Right. But uh, I just, 
I don't understand why, like, the third part of a trilogy, people are like, well, this isn't really good for people that haven't seen the other pieces. It's not designed to be a self-contained film. If anything, this is the second half of The Matrix Reloaded. Yeah, basically, like, the movie starts where the last one ends. Yeah. So it's very hard to be like, you know what, I didn't watch the first two, watched the third one, hated it. Yeah, it should makes no sense. Well, probably because you're missing an entire fucking movie in the middle there somewhere that you didn't see. So, like, I, when I saw that, I was like, seriously? There's people complaining that, like, this is hard to follow if you haven't watched The Matrix? Why the fuck are you watching this if you're not a fan of The Matrix? There's been two of these motherfuckers up to this point, and you're, like, bitching about how it's hard to follow because you have to watch all this extra shit. Yeah, no shit, it's a trilogy. Yeah, so I, I, I guess Return of the Jedi fucking makes sense if you hadn't watched Empire Strikes Back or the original fucking Star does Wars. Does Godfather Three make any sense if you haven't watched one or two? Right. You know, just people don't know how the fuck trilogies work. Apparently, they don't know how to watch movies. You're doing <laughs> it wrong, man. You're doing it wrong. You're doing it all wrong. <laughs> okay, so I figured since we got that out of the way, because some people were like, "It's hard to follow." It's like, no, it's not hard to follow if you've been paying attention this whole time. Which, as we've established, most people don't fucking pay attention when they watch these. Yeah, they're, they're like, you know, I, I would pay attention to this movie, but I'm just waiting to get online to bitch about it. Right. So that that's better. Right. So, number two. And this is something that I wasn't sure we would actually have to talk about. But some people, at, by the time they get to the third movie, are starting to question just basic shit about the Matrix, right? Like the actual Matrix itself. Uh, so, the, it says, uh, uh, this, this is number two. Another thing I do not understand is why the humans want to be free. The Matrix is a much better place to live than the real world, which is dark and cold and only hospitable under the ground. The people here have reverted to a new religion and to wearing horrifically unflattering clothing. Why would they choose this life of constant turmoil and darkness over the life of at least supposed happiness in the Matrix? Well, for one... In the real world, at least, you're free. It might be more of a struggle. And, um... Some people compared this to, like, um... Slavery. Like African slavery. African slavery. And we're about to get a little sensitive here. So, but, like, a lot of slaves, whenever, um... Uh, they were supposed to be free. Uh, stayed with their masters because they thought it was easier, you know, to stay. Yeah. That, that happened a lot or whatever, but most of them wanted to go because they wanted to be free. They wanted to have their own identity. Right. And that's what the people in the Matrix are. The, the, this is the exact statement they were trying to make with that. You know, they were using them for batteries. You know, uh, slave owners were using them for work, for, for production and for stuff. Labor. For labor, yep. without having to pay them, they just bought them like you know, like you buy you know a cow or something like that. And then, what what's better, to live free and suffer, or live in servitude and feel comfortable? And you know the the, the you you would definitely want to live free, no matter what the suffering was. Yeah, you want to be accountable for whatever you want to do. You don't want to be told what to do the rest of your life. Because that's not in human nature. No human being deserves to be treated like that. No. And that's the point of this. So basically, if you don't understand that, you just don't know the history of 
humankind. Right, because there's <laughs> a lot of allusions, you know, to slavery throughout these movies because Morpheus even tells you in the first movie you were born to be a slave and you've been born into a world that you've never known you know like when when Keanu like when uh, Neo first kind of wakes up in the real world and he was like you know why you know like I, why can't I see anything you know it's like why my eyes hurt and he was like you've never used them You've, like, literally never used your own eyes because you've been a fucking battery in a pod. Like, you've been a... He's been asleep like a dream. And as amazing as dreams are, you have to wake up and be a part of the real world and do something. And... Even if you're treated as three-fifths of a person, at least you still have your freedom. Yeah, and that, that's one of the things that... This, this guy doesn't seem to understand the concept of slavery. And it's a touchy subject, and ignorant people won't understand it. No. But people that are intelligent are formed. You know, we're two white guys that sit in here talking, you know, talking about slavery. Right. And there has been, you know, white slaves um, and abused and stuff like that. But in this country, like, it doesn't excuse what some people did to to African, you know, Americans and even Native Americans for that fact, or Irish Americans for that fact. But Africans after the fact were treated like shit also after they were already freed. Yeah. Uh, and that that's the difference. You know, like, Irish Americans eventually got their freedom, and then, you know, they were treated like shit in some parts of the country, but most, you know, they're, they're, they're okay. Yeah. You know, but African Americans still to this day still seems to get some type of prejudice because of ignorance. Yep. And it's just, it's just ignorance that has been, uh, it's been cultivated over a lot of years and, and I taught and taught down it's you taught know? down to generations so that they can carry it on and there's jealousy and there's people being like oh well they want to take over the country they want to take my job they're not better than me they you know this and that and it's just hate hate and ignorance which is what we're the opposite of that's why we are beyond the hate and this, it's not just in movies or music or comedy it's in all aspects this right. is this is what we stand for so you know not understanding this concept really pisses me off a little bit because this, this is, is somebody who's probably some kind of racist i would want to say at least subconsciously they're 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 racist like they'll look at somebody but i'm not going over there that dude's you know, that's a black dude or something like that. Or There's a Hispanic the dude over there. I don't want to get around that guy because wow. he probably is in a Mexican cartel or something. Yeah, like, why? you see stuff like that. Because I was, I was at work the other day, and I had a, a guy I was, like, talking to. I was, like, talking to him, and I was talking to his son. And I uh, mentioned, like, Dr. Dre beats, and he was like, oh, those... Uh, he's like, aren't those those headphones that those black dudes always wear? And I was kind of like... Oh shit! This took a turn, yeah. and I was like, "Well, I, 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 I've worn Dr. Dre beats before because I had a pair." And then he was like, "He's like, oh, he's like, well, I'm just saying, like, usually it's like black guys who usually buy this stuff because I always see them buying that, and it just it, it's like those uh, stupid shoes they always buy." And I'm kind of like, "Oh, you mean like Jordans, like what I'm wearing right now?" <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I'm like, "This, this, the thing. It's an older white guy." And as soon as, like, the dad was, like, getting ready to, like, you know, leave, uh, his son turns and he's like, I'm so sorry. Like, I can't explain him. I'm like, no, I get it. I understand. He's an old, like, bitter white guy that hates seeing a black person do well. 
or any I understand person, that. Really. Or any person. Any you could, you person. could be uh, Hispanic or anything. In this case, he's talking specifically about a black person. But but, but let's get this straight. Um, what, what that stereotype of racism is, black uh, African Americans consist of 15% of the American population. Dre beats sell way over that percentage. Yep. So there's no way that... See, that racist stereotype... Doesn't even add up mathematically. Yeah. There's everyone buying Dre Beats because they're a great product. Yeah. Not because of, oh, a, I seen a, a black guy wear those, so all black people must wear Dre Beats and that's all that does it. Yeah. And that, 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 that's, that's stereotyping. That's what closes cultures and that's what uh, gets separation. That's what brings intensity because people won't talk about stuff and people won't be open minded about stuff. Right. But the thing, what's the thing? I guess to kind of finish this point, what's the thing that you notice about the people in Zion? The people in Zion are every, like, shape, color, like, type of person. Like, the, Zion is basically just humanity. Because everybody who's been free or who has been born within Zion from somebody who was free, whether you came from a pod or you were born from a womb inside Zion, those people exist as one culture and it doesn't matter if you're black or if you're if you're white or if you're like gay or whatever the people of zion coexist peacefully which is something that this motherfucker probably is like well why don't they just stay in the matrix because at least everything's taken care of for them there it's like no that's a form of slavery why the fuck would you want to be stuck in there if you know that you could have like a real life and actually experience shit for real Right. You know, like, it, to one, me... One in three is probably my favorite Matrix movie. This one right here, like, as soon as it starts, I'm, like, hooked in, into it. Like, yeah. it's a really good movie, like, from start to finish. And I'll, I, like, reload it, too, but uh, out of them, i probably rank them uh, one, three, and two. That's yeah. just how I do it. Well, two is a setup movie, so it's probably going to be, in substance for some people, some kind of one of the weakest ones, because... Oh, it's not weak to me. I love that one just as much as I love all of them. But. No, I just what I mean is that like the first movie has to set everything up. The second movie is basically getting you two revolutions. So it doesn't have maybe as much of an impact, although there's some interesting shit that happens in that movie. But three has more importance because time's running out and you have to... And, and there's just a lot of things that are happening, and we're going to talk a lot about Zion here, so I don't want to do it now. But uh, there's a lot of things that have to happen in the third movie, and there's like the resolution of of everything that happens. So it it is amplified in importance because of how it ends this trilogy, you know. Right. But uh, so getting into some of the nitty gritty of the story down to the nitty gritty um we have number three the rescue neo sequence serves almost no point and does nothing to advance the plot instead it's a vehicle for a dull shootout and token cameos from the merovingian and persephone and uh what was the point of the train man they even just redo the lobby fight from the first film except this time the bad guys are on the ceiling What's with the what's with the crap about them climbing up walls as well? Why didn't they fight more inside the Matrix? Seriously, how hard is that? Show some cool fight scenes with bullet dodging and, and the works, but nothing. So, I think people are are sort of misinterpreting the point of this because people are like, 
Well, they don't really do that much in the Matrix in this movie. It's really like they're in the Matrix for like a little bit, you know, trying to get Neo like out of his like uh, the the train man's loading program, and then after they get him out, then there's really no other Matrix shit really until Neo goes back in to fight Smith, and it's like yeah, because there's other shit going on, like a bunch of like hundreds of fucking thousands of Sentinels drilling into fucking Zion. You think they have time to go fuck around the Matrix while that's going on? You you can't be jacked into the Matrix while you've got Niobe, Niobe fucking, like, being chased by, like, a hundred Sentinels. Like, how the fuck are you supposed to be in the Matrix and, like, she's, like, in the, in the fucking maintenance tunnels doing that shit? Yeah, that and, uh, I mean, Smith is basically, like, absorbing all of the Matrix. Yeah, there's not a whole lot to do because he's basically converting... He, he's like a virus that's just basically... Converting everything into into the, uh, in the matrix into a copy of him, you know. So it's like there isn't a whole lot for them to. They don't really have a need to go into the matrix because they have more pressing shit going on in Zion. I thought that was pretty obvious, but for some fucking people, when they watch this movie, they're like, "Why don't they go back in and like dodge bullets and do cool, you know, stunt shit?" And it's like this is a different type of movie because shit's serious. There's yeah. an actual real life war going on inside the fucking city. They have to deal with it. You hey, know. Keanu! Kick, kick, punch, punch, bro. Right. What's up? <laughs> yeah. Dodge some bullets. It's like, I mean, there's more story here than that. I mean, yeah. There's, I got more shit to do in this movie than just go in there and just beat ass. Like, I have more stuff to do now, you I mean, know, that doesn't require me to be in the Matrix as much, you know. I mean, and isn't that epic fight scene at the end enough? Yeah. Well, we're going to get to that because people had some shit about that, too. So, <laughs> if you can think of something awesome about the movie, there's probably some kind of hate for it somewhere. That's the that's the problem that happens with these, with these sometimes is that people, uh, it's like they get used to having you know like where they're like loaded into the matrix and everything, and then when they get to the third movie, they're like, oh fuck, why isn't this like the first one or the second one? They don't do any matrix shit in this movie. This is kind of boring. Because what's the thing that people complained about in the first two movies? There was too much kung fu, too much CG, and like crazy effects. Yeah. So what they do, and they're like, well, why do they have kung fu in like a sci-fi movie that's stupid? And then in this movie, they're like, well, there's not enough of that shit. Where's the kung fu at? Where's the kung fu and the bullets and like all that kind of shit? And then this person's like, oh, they basically just recreated the shootout in the lobby from the first movie. It's like, no, the only thing is similar is pillars. That's it. So you're yeah, telling so me like, oh, buildings they, have pillars in them. That can happen in more than one building. Yes. <laughs> like, you know, you're not a structural engineer, Steve, but when you go into buildings, you see things like pillars all the time, right? Yeah. That's for uh, usually large buildings have pillars in them because it holds the structure up. Right. It's not just fucking decorations. <laughs> so you can uh, break them apart in cool fight scenes. Yeah, so, I mean, th that is what they did in the Matrix, but uh, buildings have pillars in them for a reason. Um, when I was in uh, high school, I was wanting to do some work on the side, and I helped build a mansion for some people that won the lottery, and uh, they had pillars in their house. <laughs> because yeah. it was big. Yeah. And those things happen. So... So if you look at the Merovingians Club, right? Uh, which is... I like that guy. Yeah, the Merovingian. Yeah, he's a, he's a cool dude. Like, you almost feel like you want to see, 
Like maybe listen like a dude. side movie about just the Merovingian. I think I could listen to that dude talk for like five hours. Right. It's just it's the French accent. It's like intoxicating. Yeah. Well, not, that no. he's also got Monica Bellucci next to him the whole yeah, time. Yeah, them them two like, and it's not like like you hear French accents and you're like those are good, but his is like the perfection of the French accent. Right. Like you know what I'm saying? Like that's it's like the, the essence of French. Yeah, that's like. Uh, what you want to hear if you go to France and you hear all these other people with different French dialects and you're like, what? That's not what I see in movies. And then you listen to this guy talking and you're like, that's it. That's uh, that's the sweet spot right there. That dude right there, he could, he could have been a bigger role in both of those movies and I wouldn't have had a problem with it. No. I mean, he was a pretty big part, but he didn't have like a lot of screen time. Yeah, the... And that's the thing, like people are talking about uh, like on here where it says like um, uh, and what was the point of the train man that's pretty uh, that's pretty easy to understand right yeah, very so easy. Neo is stuck in the the train man's loading program right because the Merovingian is like a scumbag and he also like he deals with uh, programs that have to be smuggled in right so if somebody wants to put like a hack or something crazy into the matrix they have to do it through the Merovingian because he's kind of like a bridge between the real world and the Matrix world. So the train man is the method in which he does that because the train man brings programming in or takes you know stuff out of the Matrix to go back. And so he works for the Merovingian, you know, because it's like the train man is basically the uh, the guy on the ground level that actually moves shit back and forth. Neo stuck in that place and the train man's like loading system is not a normal part of the matrix so the train man controls that so in order to get Neo out they've got to figure out some way that they can approach the Merovingian to tell the train man what to do because he doesn't respond to anybody except for the Merovingian that's who he works for that's what his purpose is in the matrix or on the outskirts of the matrix so if you're, I'm, I'm watching this and I'm like, this is pretty easy to understand. Neo's trapped in this, and the train man has control. So what do Seraph, Morpheus, and Trinity have to do? They have to go to the Merovingian, who they have a bounty on their heads now because of how they fucked him up in the first, in the second movie, uh, in the previous installment. And so they have a bounty on their head. So they basically just show up and just put guns on motherfuckers, and it's like, look, uh, you're gonna fucking help us get Neo out, and you know, and then eventually. Like, they're trying to broker a deal, and he was like, you don't have anything that I'd want. And then Trinity's like, I've had enough of this shit. <laughs> and then she just, they just start whipping ass, and then she puts a gun to the Merovingian's head, and is like, you're gonna fucking help me get Neo out of there. And then what yeah, happens? Yeah, and she's, he was like, uh, she was like, uh, what she, what, what she say? She was like, uh, you die, we'll all die, or whatever. And he's like, you yeah. ready to die for him? And she's like, goddamn right I will. Yeah. And uh, Monica Bellucci's like, she'll do it. She's yeah. in love. Mm -hmm. She'll kill every one of us if she has to. <laughs> yeah, she'll, she'll, she'll kill everybody in that entire club if she has to. To get what she wants, yeah. And the Merovingian's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, alright. And so then what happens is you see uh, Neo's there at the, at the train station. And then who pops out of the train? Trinity. 
you know, and it's like... She saves him. Yeah, basically, like, it's sort of like the reverse damsel in distress. Neo's the damsel in this case, and then Trinity's, like, swooping in to help him. That's one of the things you notice about these movies is that Trinity and Neo are always linked together because they're always helping each other out. Trinity's falling in the second movie, probably going to die when she hits the ground. Neo swoops in and saves her and restarts her heart. In the first movie, it was her bringing him back to life so that he can continue to fight the agents and combine himself with Smith and stuff like that. Yeah, one, one can't exist without the other uh, in this either world. And that's what, it's a great love story. Yeah, it is. And I think it's just like people who look at the beginning of this, which is tying up some of the Merovingian stuff and like dealing with like the train man and stuff like that. It's like, it, it, I, sometimes I wonder how people watch movies because like when a lot of these comments were made, it was back in 2003, right? Like right after the movie came out. And it's like, Back in those days, you didn't really have, like, cell phones and stuff. Nowadays, you could say, like, well, somebody was probably texting in the theater. It probably missed a bunch of dialogue, and then they don't know what the fuck's going on. And they're like, this movie's stupid. This doesn't make sense. No, it's because you were fucking checking your text messages, or you were looking at what Drake posted on Twitter or something, and you fucking missed, like, a good chunk of the movie, and now you don't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah. I don't know what your excuse is in 2003. Yeah, well, were you uh, I think snake what it on was, your Nokia phone. Yeah, they were playing Snake on their Nokia. <laughs> but no, nah, what they were doing was they was watching the movie Rome. They were doing it like Maynard Keenan performing in a concert at Tool. <laughs> with their back turned. With their back turned to the fucking theater screen. <laughs> Talking about no pictures, no pictures, and no one wants to take a picture of your ugly fucking face anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let, let's be honest about this. I mean, this is. For us, this is complicated because it's it's very easy to understand for us. Yeah. But it seems so complicated for a lot of people. Yeah, like, I don't... People always want to talk about, like, shit and the plot doesn't make sense. And I'm like, did you fucking watch it? Because a lot of this stuff isn't complicated. It's just... It's like either people have a problem comprehending or they're not paying attention and they just start missing shit. This stuff isn't complicated. I think some of these people are, are kind of like, uh... Their everyday lives, they're they're just trying to kind of breathe, and then maybe they forget every now and then. They're like, oh shit! <laughs> you know, like they almost yeah. die like every other minute because they just keep forgetting about regular things like breathing and, and blinking and blinking shit. and walking and right. stuff like that. Like they chew a piece of bubble gum and they just like like trip and fall on their face. <laughs> Because they can't move their mouth and their legs at the same time. Right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like, it's just, people just have this much OCD, they can't follow along to what the fuck's going on in a movie, even though it's easy? I, I think you said that wrong, not OCD, ADD. Right? ADD, oh yeah, yeah, yeah it'd be ADD, yeah. yeah. Not OCD. <laughs> OCD would actually be a good thing in this scenario. Right, because they would be like really obsessing over all the details. But Yeah. So, anyway, so... After you deal with the whole Merovingian sequence and they get, you know, Neo rescued from the loading program, which while, while we're here just for like a second, like the, uh, the, the family, like the couple and their daughter, like their daughter's like adorable. <laughs> Yeah, their she's like, awesome. yeah, their daughter's like awesome because she's like, you know, asking questions to Neo and all that kind of stuff, and then she ends up like, you know, showing up at the Oracle's house later, and all that kind of stuff. And I just thought that like that family was like really interesting because it, they're like 
they're inside the matrix and they are machines. They're programs that have a very specific purpose, but yet they have a daughter that's basically just nothing but excess code that doesn't really need to exist, but yet they keep it because it's their daughter. That's a really interesting thing that machines, in the sense, are somewhat like human because they saw the excess code and normally that code would be purged from the system, but in their case, they kept her because they didn't want to see the code get destroyed. That's a machine version of love. Yeah. That's pretty interesting, isn't it? You know, and I was like, if you don't, if you're not paying attention to that kind of stuff, you just, you're just eyes fucking glaze over and you don't know what's going on. That's a really, really cool part of the movie that like even machines know something about what love is basically. Yeah. You know, um, so that, 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 that couple is, you know, basically, you know, they're trying to do the same thing by saving their daughter and, you know, making sure that their, their daughter can like live with the Oracle and be safe. It's kind of the same thing that Neo's trying to do with Trinity. He's trying to save everything so that Trinity can be safe. You know? Like, he's... that. That's an interesting little moment between that family. I just... I've always liked that. Yeah, um, well, she ends up getting absorbed. Yeah. Uh, but she shows up with the Oracle at the end of the movie. At the but, end. Because, well, obviously, yeah. all that stuff, you know. Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, so, number four... As the film progresses, it gives a disproportionate amount of focus on secondary characters with whom we have little to no attachment to. Unless, of course, you have succumbed to the cynical cash employees of the Animatrix and the Enter the Matrix computer game. Which, which was it on the computer? I know it was like on the Xbox and stuff, but anyway. It, it was on the computer. Oh, it was? Okay. But, but even then, their backstories are less fascinating and add little to the film. It's as if the, Wachowski, uh, the Wachowskis have run out of ideas for their main characters who, without the fast-paced world of the Matrix to play with, reveal themselves as increasingly two-dimensional, only defined by each one's singular purpose. That is, uh, Morpheus's faith in Neo as a savior, Trinity's love for Neo, or Neo simply being Neo, <laughs> the all-ass-kicking super-dude we all secretly wish or think we might be. The Wachowskis appear to be introducing as, uh, as many other also two-dimensional characters as possible into the fray in order to distract us from the poor development of the series central characters what we are left with is an onslaught of scenes with characters in peril which we ultimately don't care about and that do not make for exciting viewing in fact i personally was looking forward to the potential deaths of certain zion based characters rather than fearing their demise notably the kid of animatrix fame and the captain, whose main role in the film is to shout, Ah! while firing large guns. I won't tell you whether either of them actually do get it or not. Morpheus literally takes a back seat to Niobe, a character for which we care little for, unless we have been lining the Wachowskis' pockets further by buying the Enter the Matrix. Morpheus is now Chewbacca in this one, which I guess makes Niobe a very hot Han Solo. Also, Jada Pinkett Smith is the only actor on the human side who shows some resistance to monotony as her lines are delivered with genuine passion. I mean, yeah. I mean, what else does Morpheus have to do? I mean, he's pretty much found the savior of the, you know, the entire Matrix and done everything else. And what are you going to... I mean, what's the problem? Like... 
the strong female character takes a little bit of lead, and you're like, well, fucking Morpheus should be, like, telling her what to do. Right. Like, she, she can't do stuff on her own, because, you know, she's only a stupid woman. Right. That's what how I feel like that guy said that. I mean, uh, the bottom part of it was basically com- complimenting Niobe about, like, being one of the best parts of the movie, which she clearly, yeah, is. I mean, she yeah. is. I mean, it's Jada Pinkett Smith. She takes strong female characters. And, um... That's... Because she is. She is a strong female, so... Right. Um... And I think... Part of this is... And this... If this movie had come out now, it would be getting the same kind of backlash that, like, say, Last Jedi got, where everybody was like, oh, all the men were dumb in this movie and did stupid stuff and took a backseat to the women... You know, like, Leo was just perfect, and Holdo was perfect, and all this kind of stuff. But the thing about this is that if this had come out now, people would be complaining the same way, and they're like, oh, well, they basically just emasculated Morpheus by making him, like, a fucking co-pilot? Like, he's the captain of his own ship. He's the one who found the, you know, the one inside the Matrix, and all that kind of shit, and he's the one that found Neo, and, you know, he's badass, and Morpheus is badass. We love Morpheus. But he's not as good of a pilot as Niobe is. Niobe is a fucking brilliant pilot. And the only... Because they even said, like, you know, like, nobody can pilot the mechanical line because it's so narrow. And she's like, I can. And then they're like, well, yeah, that was, like, a long time ago. And it's like, yeah, but if you're that badass, you don't just lose skills like that. So the the one person that they have at their, you know, in that ship with that crew dealing with everything that can't actually pilot that is Niobe, because she's the one who can handle it. And you know what? Okay, let's say in that moment that Morpheus is the Chewbacca to her, her Han Solo. What the fuck's wrong with that? What's wrong with Chewbacca? Right. Seriously, Chewbacca is like a legit badass. No one's ever said, oh, well, Chewbacca's just like Han Solo's bitch. Who's ever said that? <laughs> right. I mean, who's ever... Seriously, who the fuck's ever said that? No, and most people, you talk about like Chewbacca, they're like, yeah, Chewbacca's badass. Chewbacca's badass. Not like, oh, well, Chewbacca's just Han Solo's sidekick. I never got that feeling. No. Chewbacca is Han Solo's boy. He will die for Han Solo. I mean, he was the one in The Force Awakens that was just like, you know, fuck you, and he just shot uh, Kylo Ren in the stomach. Right. I mean, you forget about that. That fucking, uh, uh, what is it called? The, uh, the bowcaster? The bowcaster. Shot him right there in the stomach. Right. That usually just blows stormtroopers, like, apart. Like, makes them fly for, like, 20 feet or something. Right, because of the power in it. And they're like, whoa, how come he couldn't beat Ray? She's not that trained. It's like, probably because he's bleeding to death. Right, and he's not trying to kill her. Yeah, he's but not that's trying a, to. That's a different. That's a different episode. We <laughs> talked about we talked about that in the Last Jedi a little bit, but right. But that's not even a good comment uh, for a Star Wars reference of a diss. It's like, oh well, Morpheus just kind of takes a Chewbacca role, which is like what, like one of the most legendary characters of all time. Okay. I but mean, the thing is, is that she can't. She has to focus on piloting. So who has to do stuff like? Uh, deal with like the hover pads and like that kind of stuff. Like he has to deal with like a lot of like sub like you know subsystems. And yeah, stuff. in that moment, he's just as important as she is. She just has to drive the ship. Um, 
And she, but what it all comes down to, we, we talked about this, this is um, no one ever likes um, to see women take charge in movies. No, because if, if they do take charge, then they're seen as like too masculine or that they're not fulfilling their role as a, as a female, that they need to be the damsel in distress. They need to acquiesce to the man and all that kind of Some stuff. Man, be like, oh, yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, I'll sir. Do you what you, you pilot the ship, Morpheus, even though I'm infinitely better than anybody in here yeah. at piloting this shit. Would and you, also, I'm the only one who can pilot this thing. Would you like a blowjob while you're sending us straight to hell? Right, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> like, that's, that's just... The, that part's kind of disturbing that it's like they were sort of upset that like Morpheus took like a, a, a side role to Niobe or something. It's like, look, the Morpheus-Niobe relationship, they don't really get into it too much, but Nio- how Trinity is to Neo where like they kind of like complete each other, Niobe's kind of like that with Morpheus because they had a relationship at one point and stuff kind of like turned downhill because Morpheus is very dogmatic in his approach to stuff. He was very obsessed with finding the one. Finding the one, and it strained the relationship, because she doesn't really believe in that kind of stuff. Because even when it comes time for them to start, like, doing stuff with the ships, like, because we're going to get to, like, Neo and Trinity and their little mission, but when it gets to that point where uh, they're talking about, like, you know, well, I'm not giving up my ship, like, fuck that, and then Naomi's like, I'll do it, I'll give him my ship. You know, it's like they can have the logos, and they're like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And she was, they were like, "You know, it's like, don't tell me you believe in this one savior crap." And she's like, "I don't believe in any of that, but I do believe in him." And she's talking like directly about Neo. Morpheus. All right, well, Neo. She's talking about Neo. She's like, "I do believe in him. (laughs) I know what he can do. She's seen it. Yeah, (laughs) like she knows what he can do. So she's like, you know what? If if he can do something to help us, like at the Machine City." Then fuck it, I'll give him my ship, and then eventually she ends up taking over the hammer, and that's what she uses to get them through. You know, when they're on their way back to Zion, but the the ship's actually called Mjolnir. Mjolnir, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just that in the movie they call it the hammer, even though because it's, a lot of those people can uh, pronounce Mjolnir. Yeah, they don't know how it's. They're like, why the fuck is an M and a J? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that's just. That's how Scandinavian language is. <laughs> Ask Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, it's... Who is not Scandinavian. He's Australian. He's definitely not. But I'm pretty sure he has some Scandinavian blood somewhere. Yeah. Ask the Skarsgårds. They know. They know. Yeah, I bet, <laughs> I, know. I'm pretty sure uh, uh, Stellan or um, Alex or... Uh, What's uh, Peter and what's the other one? Yeah, uh, I forgot. There's like an army of Skarsgårds. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a lot. All of them are amazing. Um, but the whole thing where they're talking about like all these like sub characters that they focus on, it's like, it's like you can't do the entire movie about just Morpheus, Trinity, Neo, Smith, and then that's it. Like you can't just do it on just the four main people because there's a fucking war about to happen where they're going to have like they're like they show you in Matrix Reloaded. They literally have fucking siege weapons like drills drilling through the ground to try and breach into Zion and that happens in this movie so if you didn't show any of that you 
you would be missing like a giant chunk of the movie. Like that's like what the siege of the dock is like. What like forty minutes of this movie? So you you would really severely weaken because it would just be like okay, well we're gonna cut to Trinity and Neo just flying in the ship, and then we're gonna cut back. And all the squiddies are dead. And you're like, what the fuck happened? Why is there like 400,000 squids fucking dead in here? <laughs> you know? Because you just missed a whole chunk of the movie. It's like some sometimes when you're going to these like secondary characters, it's to fill in more of the world, right? You can't do everything just based off the main characters. In this case, there's kind of a war movie built into the overall movie. You know? Because it's, you know, you've got like... All of the like, the like the missile like the, the the missile people like Z and and Charles, which are like you know running around trying to use the missiles. You got like other missile crews. You've got uh, the 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 uh, ammo kids that are running out with like the with like the all the ammo for the machines and that kind of stuff. And it's like to think that like they wanted like the captain and the and the the kid that Neo freed to die just because they were tired of those characters. You're a piece of shit human being if that's what you think in the middle yeah, of the movie. Yeah, it's like, well, I didn't like the character, so they should have died. They should just die. I'm just tired of seeing them. Okay, well, I hate to be your friend. Right. Oh, you didn't do exactly what I wanted you to do. You should die. <laughs> I'm tired of your face, so I'm just going to murder you. <laughs> like, fuck, what? you beat me in Madden. You should die. Right. <laughs> you know? If that was the case between uh, the matchup between me uh John and my brother Greg, I mean, we would all be dead. Right. Because, uh. <laughs> I mean, Greg, you got helped up by glitches. That's all it was. You got helped up by glitches and a bunch of fuck mess. So, next time we play in the playoffs, hopefully shit will be different and I won't get fucked by the computer. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> I do not agree with that statement. Right. I got fucked by the computer. That's what happened. That's what happens on Madden. You either win or you get fucked by the computer. <laughs> That's how that's how Madden goes. At least in John's mind. Right. No, that's true. I mean, I'm. It's true. If you, if he you wins every me, game. Are the computer fucked up? Right. I either get fucked or I won. <laughs> so you know. Uh, but uh, let's talk about the war scene, right? Let's talk let's about talk the siege about of the dock. Um, uh, number five. At one point during the interminable war scene. I love it when people... Interminable? Yeah. It, it, that's what it says. Interminable. Roll so, drawer. Right. Roll, dr <laughs> Roll doll. <laughs> Roll doll, yeah. Right. Um, no. It, it, Ronald Ermage. <laughs> when people sit down to do this, they are way more intellectual in IMDb than they are in anywhere else in their real life. Have you ever used the word in, interminable? No. No. Uh, so people, when they write these comments, they they I get have the used the word "dick face" before. Though. Right. Yeah. Um, Which I think is just as intellectual. Yeah. You know. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like Richard Face. You know, he's like the father of modern yeah, psychology. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Richard right. Face. You know. Richard Face. Right. right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, so it says interminable war scene. My movie mate leaned over to whisper, "Is this still the Matrix?" Indeed, it seemed that after the first 20 minutes, they had given up and pulled in the second, sing, second string directors of Deep Space Nine for a little practice. Your mom so, should have given up. Right. <laughs> and uh, had so, him pull out. Right. Surprisingly, it is even terrible for the vanilla genre-fi action movie it is. Weak. Weaker still are the maudlin characters 
and inhabitants of Zion who must spend every useless moment sanctifying their very mortal predicament by practically or uh, making explicit banal themes like love conquers all, uh, even super powerful machines, faith and hope are all we have. All, they also conquer all. Please make a note of these things, moviegoers, and get a warm fuzzy in your heart. Moreover, some of the machine designs are just stupid. For example, why create a giant metal walking extension of a man, a walking Waldo fighting machine, and then leave the operator totally exposed to, well, anything, really? Why invent huge walking robots that were unnecessarily complex, completely without armor, and require people to run back uh, and forth to reload them? Gee, I guess they had a really unscrupulous defense industry to sell them garbage like that. <laughs> I mean, like Terminator? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, Skynet's totally different. But people fucking hated the APUs, right? Like, the mechs. And I'm like, the mechs are fucking badass. I thought it was cool. Yeah. You know, we played, like, Armor Core and yeah. stuff like that. I love me some Armor Core. Like, as soon as I saw there was, like, mechs in this movie, I was like, oh, fuck yes! That's, That's awesome! Cool. But one, one thing that you got to know about stuff like this is... Uh, if you watch a game or a movie or something like that, or, you know, whatever, and they have, like, an infinite amount of bullets, I mean, that's just not realistic. I mean, they would have to be reloaded. Right. That's, yeah, so they definitely have to reload. But people were complaining all the time about, like, why are they exposed and they don't have, like, a cockpit protecting them? Well, do they have that advanced of technology? Because you got to think about that. Like, maybe they're smart enough to know how to build techs, but they... Probably it's a weight thing. My my idea is... You hit the head right on the nail. Keep going. Yeah, it's a weight thing. Like, if you would have put too much weight on the top, they'd probably just fall over. Um, with the if ammo... You're, and if, if you're heavier, guess what you're not? You're not mobile. You're not mobile, and then you might not even be balanced. So, I would say that's probably the only way that they could figure out how to build them with their you know, um, having to catch up with technology after being released from the Matrix. Or, you know, and, um, yeah. I mean, it's a lot to do with weight. I mean, you, you think about building something, what, how, how tall are they? 15 foot tall? Uh, the mechs, the APUs, they're, yeah, something like that. Like, like roughly like 15, 20 feet tall. Yeah. 15 foot tall. Um, if you ever driven a car you know that they can actually get top-heavy and just flip over. Right. Like, that that's something that happens. Like, you put too much weight in the front of it, and you drive too fast. Same thing John was talking about. You'd be, if there's more weight on the top of it, you're less mobile. And I understand it's a movie, but the Wachowskis were trying to make sure that they made it as realistic as possible. So, yeah. So, open bay. I mean, you being in a mech, being able to shoot these giant bullets at these machines... That's good enough. You know there's going to be casualties because it's a battle. Yeah. Or a war. The uh, other thing, too, that I was thinking is that they don't necessarily need to use these for combat purposes most of the time. Wouldn't these be used as construction vehicles to build shit? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what they primarily used them for in Zion. They didn't design them to be uh uh, something that's war-related, they just had to modify them so they could use them. So they could use guns, yeah. Uh, I want to say that 
something like that is even said in one of the movies, but I can't remember specifically, so I'm not going to say that. Because I, I want to say, like, in Reloaded, then they, I, I can't remember exactly, but I think they said something that, like, they've had to, like, outfit them with weapons because it's like, you know, usually this is designed for, you know, doing things on the dock and construction. Like, these aren't normally military machines. I mean, they were They're military. just something for heavy lifting, so you wouldn't have to use, like, cranes for everything or try to... Because like, they don't have cranes. Yeah, they don't have cranes. You you wouldn't have to invent, like, new machinery and stuff like that. You'd just use the mechs. Right. Yeah, exactly. And those, those mechs, you know, were designed, in a lot of cases, before the machine war, you know destroyed everything and yeah. so a lot of that shit was because they had technology going for a while until everything you know went shitty <laughs> so there was already this technology so what they're doing they're just reusing technology that already existed and they might not have the resources to be like well let's put like a giant fucking cockpit on the front of this to protect the pilot they're like we don't really have the resources for that because we have to use that metal to build other shit. Plus, if we armor it too much, then they're not as mobile and we can't run with these fucking things and do things. Right. But the other thing, too, is uh, if you notice, when they're on, uh, I think it's like when they're on one of the bridges and they're dealing with the sentinels coming out of the ceiling or out of the, the top of the dome, they fire where they're like back to back with each other, right? Right. So basically, and uh, Sarah. style. Seraph, Trinity, and Morpheus do the exact same thing when they're uh, in the Merovingians club. They're, they have, like, guns in each hand, and they're walking back to back, like, in kind of a giant triangle, because that way they can cover basically any angle between the three of them. You see the mech pilots do the exact same thing when they're on the bridge, because they use their, uh, their compatriots as cover, basically. So the whole thing is, is that, like... I might not have to necessarily protect my front because I can use my guns to do that. And then, mm -hmm. like, my side can be protected by the person I have behind me. So it's a strategy. It's almost, you know, regular war. You, you wear a uh, helmet. You wear some type of uh, strategic armor. But, you know, if someone shoots you in the face, they shoot you in the face. Right. So a lot of it is um, just a little bit of realism of what they could do with the technology they had. And... Things they weren't made for war, which is pretty obvious. Like they weren't like sitting there building stuff, expecting the machines to just eventually come and destroy them all. Right, and um, also the other thing that I was thinking too was that don't you imagine that the squids, the sentinels, with all of their many arms, would just rip the fucking armor apart anyway, or puncture through it? Yeah, I don't think the armor would do any good. The guns. Like the mounted guns is what would do the most part. And who was that? That was really badass. Or was it was a lock that was the one that was really badass in the mech? Wasn't he? Uh, no, that one? that was Mifune, Captain Mifune. Mifune, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's the one that you know he uh, he's the one that tries to get to the dock uh, or tries to get to the the bay door to let the the hammer in, and he ends up dying because the squids just cut him up and everything, and then eventually. Uh, the kid that Neo freed, he gets Mifune's mech and runs to the bay door to, to try and get it open. Right. You know, uh, 
So, but yeah, Mifune, he was a badass because he's just sitting there just like shooting them fucking things yeah, he, until he, they they're, swarm they're, they're just like falling like fucking flies. I mean, he's, yeah. he's kicking ass. Yeah, he was definitely, he, he took out, he probably took out like maybe a few thousand mechs by himself. I mean, uh, not mechs, but the sentinels, the squiddies. The sentinels, yeah. Yeah. So, but, uh... <laughs> or how yeah. we would like to call them, the Little Waynes. Little Waynes. <laughs> so there's like a several hundred thousand Little Waynes that just pop out of the hole. They just fall <laughs> from the sky. Right. You uh, get money. <laughs> I don't know, that sounds more Let's like put Steve ice Urkel. cream tattoos on our face, because that's gangster. <laughs> that's gangster, son. That's gangster. Nothing more gangster than ice I'm gonna cream. I'm going to fuck you on my eyelids. Right. <laughs> right. And then bleep one eye at a time. Mm-hmm. But uh, so I wonder if he ever did that to Brock Lesnar. <laughs> like blink and Brock Lesnar would be like, "What? What the fuck did you say to me?" Right? Nah, man. I was just saying I'm a I'm a. Fa- oh, you keep saying it, huh? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> oh, you, so you do some kind of like hard and thug, huh? Oh, yeah. uh, you some hard and thug. Let's get in the fucking ring, bro. Right. Nah, nah, man. I can't. <laughs> I can't handle it, man. I'm too fragile. <laughs> But my butthole can't take it. And it's like, no, what? man, nobody's going to put anything in your butthole. I'm married to Sable. <laughs> right. Yeah. Calm down. I was just going to knock you out. Yeah. I and mean, I'm probably still going to. Yeah. And it, it, it would be like a little way, be like, man, I'm hard as fuck. Brock Lesnar does this, like, and then he'd be like knocked out instantly. Right. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> We're just telling you the, see, that, that makes sense. You know, Brock Lesnar doesn't need a mech because he's, He's a Terminator, obviously, which I don't I don't understand why you know, James Cameron hasn't called Brock Lesnar to be Terminator, but whatever. You know. Yeah, he could totally be in a Terminator <laughs> movie. I could see that. He'd just, like, just be like, okay, we're not really using the Arnold model Terminator anymore. Like, we'll still have Arnold in the movie, and he'll be a Terminator, but the main Terminator will be fucking Brock Lesnar. People will be like, oh, shit, okay, I'm interested now. That makes a lot of sense to me. That makes you know, a lot like of sense. Because we, should, we should get, like, a thing going, like, hashtag Brock Lesnar for, Brock Lesnar for Terminator. Yeah, you I know? think James Cameron would listen, and maybe that's something that uh, Arnold might have to fight in the new reboot or whatever, but just make Brock Lesnar's Terminator, like, the main one. Right. You can even make Arnold's the bad guy and let Brock destroy him. Right. And then be like, okay, well, I'm the person that's going to take on the new trilogy. I just ended that. Right. That'd be awesome. Let's get it. Hashtag Brock Lesnar for Terminator. Let's do it. Yeah. Because I, I think that'd be perfect. I mean, I really do. I mean, look at that dude. Yeah. I mean, he looks like a freaking machine anyway. He does. I mean, yeah. he can stare at you like a machine. He can do all that stuff. So yeah. let's get that shit going. And he also has, like, a vague Dolph Lundgren sort of essence to him, which would be awesome for a Terminator movie. It would, yeah. I totally agree with that. Yeah. yeah, he does have a lot of Dolph Lundgren traits. Yeah. Mainly destroying people. And being a badass. Yeah. And but, he's, still, uh, he's still relatively pretty young. Yeah. Uh, even though you seem like, oh, Brock Lesnar's been around for, like, ever, and it's like... I don't know. Yeah, but when he started wrestling, he was like, what, 22 or something? Yeah, I mean, you, you forget he's won multiple world champions as in college. Right. You know, he was always a badass, and then he switches back from back and forth from wrestling to UFC and just dominates everything. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, uh, so, number six, since uh, we're, uh, I guess, kind of past the, the, the dock, which the siege at the dock is, like, awesome. 
Like, that whole cool. sequence is really badass because it pretty much happens as, like, one continuous thing. They don't really cut away. They only cut away sometimes when you're seeing stuff going on with, like, Naomi and the hammer trying to get it through the line. And then once they get into the dock and they're through the bay and then they hit the EMP pulse and it just it just kills all the squiddies. You know, it also takes out the APU so the mechs are shut down too. But essentially what they did was it bought them some time. And Locke, being a dumbass, is like, well, you just, you know, killed all of our defenses. And it's like, yeah, but honestly, how much longer were the mechs going to last? You know, because eventually you need to have some, you need to do something to get the Sentinels off your back to give you some time so that you can have at least some time to prepare and evacuate people. That's what they did. Now, they might have destroyed the mechs in the process, but... At least they were able to get the people out that wanted to get out and the volunteers who wanted to stay. It's like, well, you can help with the missiles and some of the other stuff. That's why Z is like, you know, making shells and she's like making missiles and stuff like that because she's like, I'm not going anywhere. Link wouldn't go anywhere. Link would be out there trying to help them with the, you know, with the, the cavalry and all the, you know, the missile techs and stuff like that. So she's like, I'm here fucking making ammo, <laughs> you know. Exactly. But you wouldn't have that kind of time if they hadn't blasted that EMP pulse and got rid of the squiddies because the squiddies would probably just overwhelm everything and then they would have no way to escape. So, if, you know, it's like Locke is like, you know, well, you just doomed all of us. And it's like, well, doom all of them because some people were able to get out, you know. Uh, but so then we get to Neo and Trinity. So, Neo and Trinity are given little screen time for the bulk of the film as they go about their separate mission. Neo is in a hurry to get to the Machine City and stop the war before Zion is completely destroyed. And when Trinity gets hurt, she just doesn't die faster. I mean, the man only has a little time left to save humanity and she just keeps telling him about love and other stuff and she takes her time about it. It's like, wait, I'm dying. Oh no, not yet. I have to tell you about this and that. It's all getting dark. But then there's still something to say. Lame. Could anyone tell me what the Wachowskis might have been thinking when they killed her off? So this person sees Trinity dying and they're like, yeah, okay, fucking come on, die. Die, please, so Neo can go do what he has to do at the Machine City. I mean, come on, Trinity, like, why are you taking so long to fucking die? Please die so Neo can do what he has to do. Who fucking watches this and is like, oh, Trinity, can you please die, like, sometime soon? Hurry up and die, Trinity, because, you know, you're not important. Let's Neo go do what he needs to do. Right. It, it, that's the thing. Like, when I read that, I was like, so somebody was, like, just ready for Trinity to die? I'm like, when you watch that, like, remember the first time we watched it, we're like, oh, fuck, Trinity's gonna die. Oh, shit. Like, you know, we're just like, man, this sucks. Because you really, you really start, to, like, you start to love Trinity over the course of these movies, just like Neo does. Because you're like, look, she's a badass... She does all kinds of cool shit just to save him. Like, she saves him twice. So, she saved him twice and he saved her once. So, she's winning in terms of the cool girlfriend points because she's done all right. kinds of shit. And Carrie Ann Moss. Watch Jessica Jones season two. Right? <laughs> Steve keeps plugging that. We're not sponsored by Netflix or anything. But Netflix, if you want to give us some we money, should be. We we'll should talk about be. Orange is the New Black or something. You I know? love Orange is the New Black. Yeah. But, you should uh, watch it. Stranger Things is great. I can go on and on if you pay me. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we could talk about Daredevil if we get paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but... Uh... Because the Punisher, let me tell you what I think about the Punisher. 
Stay tuned when that Netflix check clears. Yeah, when that Netflix money shows up, we'll talk about all that shit. We're holding you. We're holding you hostage. Um, <laughs> but uh, but that's the. I, I I think the whole thing that this person's thinking is that like you know like you're holding up Neo from accomplishing his mission because you're fucking in the process of dying. Like that's horrible. That's that's. Psychotic. That's fucking psychotic. It's like, like who wrote this? Ted Bundy? Right. <laughs> I can imagine, you know, somebody being like uh doing that in real life, like to their girlfriend or something. It's Hurry like, up and die, I got shit to do. Right, yeah. Like the she like you know, like the girlfriend's on her deathbed or whatever because she has like cancer or, you know, some you know, like really debilitating disease. <clears throat> They're on their deathbed, and it's like, well, you know, I wish we had more time together, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And I would, there's more things I would like to say to you, but I don't have enough oh, time. Oh, fuck, left. hurry Fucking up. come on. Die. I got to get to my fantasy draft. Like, seriously. My league is, like, drafting tonight. Could you please die so that I have the ability to go live my fucking life like I want to? You're holding Jesus. me back. What kind of an asshole <laughs> is just, like, ready for Trinity to die in this movie? No one. Except That's this fucking, fucking serial killer. This fucking person. Um, and the, this is actually two different people. I got these from two different comments and smashed them together. Two different serial killers. Right. FBI needs to follow us so they can <laughs> listen to this and we will point out all the serial killers. Right. Cause you can, and you go arrest them. You can look at these comments on IMDb because I copy most of this shit verbatim. Now some things are edited out. That are just like ridiculous. That don't really do anything. And that's right. You heard that. He copies them. Jason Batum. <laughs> Jason. <laughs> Jason. Yeah, Jason Bateman. You know. Uh, but... Oh, he, he's he's totally banging Jennifer Aniston. I'm just saying. <laughs> I know. Uh, I know. Bateman's been married for a while. Totally banging Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> so okay, that's an interesting little side note. I'm just telling you, I've seen him in a bunch of interviews together. So much sexual tension. Like, I don't know if they're banging, but they will eventually. Like, oh God, please fuck already, God. Yeah, right, like how they communicate. It's like, just, just go ahead and just go crazy. <laughs> but, uh, when I'm looking at these comments sometimes, like, I, I'm just thinking, like, so people have this weird dialogue in their head where they're watching the movie and they're like, Come on, Trinity, fucking die. Neo's got shit to do. And I'm like, who fucking watches these movies and that's the thing that pops up in their head? You have somebody literally dying on screen. I mean, she's got, like, steel posts, like, fucking, like, impaled through her body in, like, three spots. Neo is blind because uh, Bane, who has been taken over, basically, like, his personality's been converted into Smith's, essentially, in this, the real world. The same person was watching Black Panther, and when uh, T'Challa gets kicked over the waterfall, he's like, Yes! Yes! Fucking dead! Fucking dead! <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll reign here. Killmonger! Killmonger! <laughs> yeah. That's, that's my fucking king right there. Killmonger, because he's a badass. <laughs> Who, this, this, yeah, that person probably is like, Yeah, fuck T'Challa. I like Killmonger more. Killmonger, yeah. he wants to kill everyone, so... I'm with it. Yeah, I'm with it because My he, can, sucks. <laughs> he can kill all these people and get to what he was supposed to be fucking doing and doesn't have all these people in his way. You know, like Trinity, like taking forever to die and shit. Yeah, taking like, forever to die. Taking up all the man screen time. Trinity, what the right. fuck? Just die already so yeah. the man can 
handle business. Right. <laughs> but, like, you know, because Neo, he's blinded at this point because uh, when he got in the fight with, uh, you know, Smith Bane, the combination of Smith Bane. Smain. And Smain, yeah. We'll come Smain. Bith. <laughs> uh, so, Smain, he basically grabs the uh, cable. You know, and blast Neo in the eyes with the electricity and stuff. So now Neo's blinded, like he's physically blinded, but he can see things that are related to the Matrix, right? Because he can see in the, the Sentinels, world. he can see the Machine City because he's like linked to it, and that link is carried over into the real world. So he can actually, he can. Would you see say them. it's like a link to the past? Right. <laughs> Continue. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> Corny Zelda jokes aside, uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so he's like physically blinded, and then he, you know, and she's like, "I'm not gonna be able to make it. This is where I, you know, this is where I stop." And he's like, "What the hell were you talking about?" And he like reaches and he's like, "Oh shit, she's injured," and he's just kind of like, "Shit, no!" Like he knows that Trinity's dying, and he's not gonna be able to do anything because he's not in the Matrix. So he doesn't have the same kind of powers, you know, that he does when he's in the Matrix. Because he can do some crazy shit in the Matrix, like restart her heart. He can't do that here, unfortunately. She has too much injury and all that kind of stuff. So I think that moment is basically when Neo, Neo knows exactly what he has to do now. Because he doesn't, it's almost like he doesn't have anything to hold back. He doesn't have anything that he owes you know, he doesn't have anything that's, like, keeping him from doing the ultimate thing, which we'll talk about when we get to the end, right? Um, well, I think we all know what that is. He gets Hulu. Right. <laughs> because you can watch the Matrix trilogy only on Hulu. Right. And you can also watch the Mindy Project. But anyway. <laughs> or The Handmaid's Tale. We want that check, Hulu. Send us some money. Send us some money. <laughs> Netflix, Hulu, we don't care. We'll be, you know, we'll be corporate whores for anybody we, if you no, pay we us like enough. you guys, but we're probably not gonna do like the podcast stuff because it annoys me hearing other podcasts talk about that, right. you know, like HelloFresh and Blue Apron and stuff. I mean, they're probably good checks, but I'd just be like, yeah, eat that. I could we afford it. We don't shave enough to actually use Dollar Shave Club, so that's kind of useless to us. Yeah, I mean, we just kind of like <laughs> shave eventually. Right. Like if Supercuts gave me like a advertisement, but like you know, I only get my like my haircut like like every three months or something, right? I mean, yeah. I think we're the best people. Yeah. To do this. I mean, sometimes you see Steve and he has like fucking surfer hair. Yeah, I'll have like so. surfer hair and then I'll cut it short and then surfer hair again in like a few months. Right. My son looks like a hippie and he's two years old. Right. Yeah. No, if you guys ever see Steve's son, he he looks kind of like a very like like a very small Luke Skywalker from from A New Hope. He like does. He's got That's he's got the wavy blonde hair, and everything. It's crazy. But yeah. um, so Mark Hamill, watch out! Right, yeah, we coming for you. Reboot, 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 <laughs> reboot Star Wars with my son. Yeah. Uh, so then we get to number seven. Here's where we get to. Uh, some of the fun stuff because this the is Neo greed. versus Smith. Oh yeah. So number seven, when I first saw the Revolution, Anderson. Yeah, when I first saw the Revolution's trailer, I said this fight between Smith and Neo had better be the best throwdown ever caught on film. Mm-hmm. Well, it wasn't. Now I'm not gonna go on a now I'm not gonna go on a tirade about the CGI because even though it looks like the Sims fighting, that's what you expect in the Matrix series. My problem is how on a whole. 
the fight was pretty uninteresting. It's basically like watching Dragon Ball Z. Stuff blows up, they punch each other through buildings and fly around. The problem simply is that the first Matrix was so innovative, they were just unable to top themselves Hold no on, matter pause. how hard they tried. <laughs> <laughs> so he said the problem was it's like Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah, that it's too much like Dragon Ball Z because they're like you know punching each other through like buildings or you know like they're flying around like they're fighting in midair and stuff like that. Okay, so that confused me because Dragon Ball Z is the shit, right? <laughs> because the people don't really complain when they see shit like that on Dragon Ball Z. They're like, yeah. You know, you get to see, like, Goku fucking fight Frieza, and he's, like, fucking battling. Or you see, like, you know, Vegeta and Cell, and, like, they're kicking ass, and all this kind of stuff. They and do know that they wanted the Matrix to be kind of like a love song to, you know, animes, too, right? Right. So they probably did think, like, yeah, let's just go all Dragon Ball Z and shit on this. Yeah, this is going to be kind of like a Dragon Ball fight. You know, yes. Smith and Neo, they both can fly. I mean, Smith can fly now. So, you know, he, they, like, Neo just can't, like, escape. So he's just got to, you know, deal with them in the air, too. So it's like, well, they're just going to kind of fight sort of like, you know, Dragon Ball Z. Okay. So, yeah. You just got to understand that when you're going into this. Right. But, you know, and, and I think people are sort of missing that, like, this whole thing. Like, they made an entire, like, like a sub- well, like mini movies that was called the Animatrix, the Animatrix, like it's designed to fill in additional information that you need to know about the Matrix without putting it in the main movie because it might slow it down, right? Now, I've seen some of the Animatrix stuff; it's pretty fucking good. Like, there's like CG animation, there's like traditional hand-drawn animation, like there's a lot of different things going on in those little stories, and they're really well done because the Wachowskis are really influenced by anime. I mean, look at, like, the some of the influences from, like, Ghost in the Shell in this, you know? And you could even say that, to a degree, the, uh, you know, the car chase and the motorcycle sequence that they have in Reloaded would be somewhat akin to Akira, you know? Because uh, Akira is a fucking legend. It's, like, one of the most famous anime movies ever, you know? Uh, and, like, there's a bunch of motorcycle stuff in that, and there's, like, a big, huge freeway chase at the beginning of Akira, and that's, you know, the freeway chase that they have is kind of an allusion to that. Right. You know, so they're big fans of anime, but, like, people who think that, like, well, they're just ripping off Dragon Ball Z, it's like, Superman fucking fights like this when he fights Zod. People don't say that's like Dragon Ball, do no. they? I no. mean... People always say that, like, well, Goku is basically Superman. It's like, well, yeah, well, I guess. you know, Superman was first. Yeah, Superman was first, but it's like so, Akira Toriyama well, didn't necessarily no, no. design Goku to be, like, Superman. They just, this is kind of a coincidence. Well, I mean, there was probably some type of influence. That doesn't mean you're ripping anything off. If yeah. Influence from anything. That's kind of a misconception with people, like, oh, well, this is kind of like this, so they ripped this off, and it's like, that's not how it works. Like, these thoughts could have been totally separate. Right. Ah, uh, but, uh, so, it, the next section that it says, uh, well, it's, well, just to finish that part, it says, it just seemed like everything they did in terms of action and fights was just old. Neo okay. ends up having to fight the billions of Agent Smiths that have taken over the Matrix. It's not a billion. 
Uh, no, and also he doesn't. He only fights one, which is the original Smith. But anyway, uh, so they're not even fucking paying attention to the movie. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the different movie. Yeah, they're thinking of something else. Like they're imagining shit in their head because he doesn't yeah. fight millions of Agent Smiths. He fights one. <laughs> If uh, if he wins, there will be peace. If not, Zion will be destroyed. Since it all comes down to this battle, then what was the point of the rest of the movie? Especially well, the drawn-out battle scene that precedes the film's second climax. Is it enough to make is enough to make a person mad? In the end, Neo, of course, defeats Smith in a manner that made no sense to me or my brother. The Sentinels oh, okay. that just the Sentinels that just this keep guy on, and his brother. Right? Yeah, they were yeah. both confused. Uh, wow, the Sentinels both that dumb, I guess. The Sentinels that just keep on coming and coming were too much. How many Sentinels can there be anyway? They overdid it with the war to end all wars idea. The thing that made me want to walk out of this, uh, the cinema is near the end. Um, so. Um, I don't care. But, like. I mean, you, you want to walk out of the cinema? Walk out. Right. Um, I. It, but there's not much to explain there, really, because it's pretty obvious. Like, I mean, do I have to explain to him that there has to be some type of action because um, the machines run the Matrix. The machines are attacking, attacking Zion. Neo is the savior. He has to fight the Matrix, which at this point is... Um, Essentially Smith. Essentially Smith. Yeah. Which is why the machine became more aggressive after Smith kind of took over the Matrix because the machines were just kind of a little bit more peaceful before then. But after that, he just got more aggressive, and that's why the machines got more aggressive. Yeah, because what happens in the Matrix is also kind of mirrored in reality. Yeah, so, so that's what he was doing. He was making the machines more aggressive, and that's why after that happened... Then they wanted to attack Zion. Right. And so, eventually, like, when... Because Trinity ultimately dies, right? And it's sad. But Neo knows that he has other stuff that he has to do. He is there to still fulfill his mission. But now he knows, basically, that what he has to do is he has to kind of broker some sort of a deal with the machines. And he's like, look, Smith is out of control... Smith is a fuck mess. Like, he's just taking over everything. The only chance you have of being able to destroy him is to destroy him within the Matrix, and I'm the only one who can do it. And then the machines are like, well, what if you fail? And he's like, I won't. Because he knows exactly what he has to do. He knows that he's not going to fail because of the the plan that he has. So, they basically, they input him back into the Matrix, and I thought it was kind of cool how, like, they had... Uh, the input jacks like come up out of the floor and then like pick him up and then he's like kind of floating there and then they have the main input jack that goes into his neck and that's the final connection that he has of the matrix and he gets in there and then him and Smith just whoop all kinds of ass they destroy shit they make like fucking like giant fucking blasts in the rain like the whole sequence is cool too because it's in the rain and it looks awesome yeah it took like 20 days to shoot Right, I would imagine, because it's just so complex. But at the end of it, you know, like, Smith is just kind of like, why do you keep persisting? Why do you keep trying to fight me? And you know how this is going to end. You know that I'm going to win and all that kind of stuff. And Neo just stands there. And then he was just like, okay, well, I'm just going to absorb you too. 
And then what happens as soon as he takes over Neo and he copies Neo into a version of himself? So He implodes. Yeah, basically. So all the Smiths explode. So essentially what happens is, is that Neo sacrifices himself. He knows that as long as you have the two sides fighting each other, and this means something for something else in the movie, if you have the two sides, if they continuously fight each other, he realizes at one point that there's no reason to fight anymore because as long as he fights Smith, this circle of violence continues. Evil begets evil, right? If you keep fighting, then nothing ever changes. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Yeah. Every time he fights Smith, it's a stalemate. So he realizes at some point, well, basically what I have to do is I have to have my essence assimilated into Smith, and then if I die, they all die. That's every copy of Smith, everything in the Matrix, it's like a reset button. Right. So Neo sacrifices himself and Smith goes bye-bye because they're combined now. He's combined with the Oracle. He's combined with Neo. Everything that he has is like an instrument of power. He gets finally what he wants. And the thing is, is that Smith has no purpose now. He has nothing because he's conquered everything in the Matrix that there is to conquer that's worth any value. Right. Aside from maybe like the Merovingian and those guys, but they're not like in a regular part of the Matrix. The regular part of the Matrix is completely uh, absorbed by Smith and all of his clones and his, right. the virus that he is. So now that uh, he doesn't have Neo to fight anymore, there's no purpose to Smith. He has no purpose now. And so when Neo sacrifices himself... It destroys himself, it destroys Smith, and they all blow apart. So, to me, it's kind of like at the in the first movie when he jumps into Smith and makes himself part of Smith, and then that blows up, but his code doesn't finally go away. It was because he didn't totally destroy everything about Smith. But it's like for some reason he learned through that, maybe like down the line, that in order for this to stop, him and Smith have to be combined. He has to sacrifice himself for the greater right. good, you know. So then we get to number eight, right? And so let's see, number eight. This is getting to like the really good section of the of the movie here at the very end, the ending. So the ending, right, is the part that people fucking super hate about this movie <laughs> like i'll be honest when i was going through the comments i was like most of the time when i've talked to people like in real life most people are like oh yeah revolutions was like shit it's such a stupid ending what would neo sacrifice himself that's dumb you know and like stuff like mm -hmm. that so we're gonna get into some of that on here so it says, uh, number eight, watch the movie expecting a classic Hollywood ending, I suppose, where the good guys survive and beat the bad guys. When our beloved agent absorbs the Oracle, one is reasonably expecting that she will never be seen again. So what the hell is she doing in the final scene? <laughs> Through the, uh, the, or though the ending was different than I expected, it was far from refreshing. If Neo was the one, why didn't he get the victory they envisioned in the original Matrix movie? The film ends with Neo finally defeating Agent Smith and ridding the Matrix of him forever. Does he destroy the Matrix? No. The computers basically give mankind the choice of whether to live in the Matrix or not. But what would you want to leave? Outside is a barren, dead planet inside a, uh, inside a beautiful 
uh, exact replica of 20th century Earth. I know which one I would rather be in. So in the end of Neo's battle, we end up exactly the same as we as we were just without Agent Smith. Yay. It looked more like an uneasy armistice to me. Peace is declared and the Matrix trilogy comes to the most infuriating happy endings ever in the history of movies. What exactly did Neo accomplish? Did he free the humans? No. Did he destroy the Matrix? No. Did he conquer the evil machines? No. Did he learn his true nature and fulfill his destiny? No. The list of failures goes on and on. He did all those <laughs> things, actually. Right. Um, the machines gave them a choice. That's one. Like, you can come in and out of the Matrix if you want to. Uh, the actual humans that are alive are not under attack. Um... So, the Matrix might still exist, but it doesn't exi exist in the same context. It's right. the, um, it's free will, basically. Like, they're like, look, we don't have any problems with you guys being in the Matrix or out of the Matrix. Because Neo pretty much just fucked us all up. And, uh, he saved the machines as well as the humans. Right. Which was a unity thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so... The machines kind of owe the humans. Yeah. Because of Neo. Um, it's actually a very, probably too smart of an ending. <laughs> for most people. I didn't get the Hollywood ending that I wanted. I thought Neo would just whoop their ass and be like a super mega god and just destroy everything. Hey and then free all the humans and all this kind of shit. And, and then there was a Matrix. And then there wasn't. Right. Neo. Um, no, the, that's not how that goes. <laughs> the thing that I think people forget sometimes is that a lot of times the Wachowskis put really super dense stuff in their movie, right? When the hackers go to Neo's apartment in the very first movie and he gives them the hacking materials, what does the guy say to him? You're my own personal Jesus Christ. When Neo sacrifices himself... What is the image of light that is shown from his chest? It's in the shape of a cross. Yeah. When Neo is basically being, like, his essence is being destroyed so that they can finally kill Smith, it also kills Neo as well. Like, he sacrifices himself to do this. And his arms are stretched out in a Christ-like pose, and you see a giant, like, fiery cross form over his chest, right? That's the Wachowski's basically telling you, like, look... Dude, he's supposed to be Jesus. Guess what Jesus has to do? Jesus has to sacrifice himself, right? Like, he's the Savior. That's what his point yeah, is. They've been telling you the whole time. Like, there's biblical references in this shit constantly. Yeah, they're basically saying this is, this is Jesus. Yeah, and in order for him to be Jesus, he has to sacrifice himself for the greater good, right? Like, right. that's the story of Jesus. That's how you become the Messiah. And he's been treated as the one, the Messiah, all this kind of stuff. The thing is, is that the way that the architect explains the way that they do everything is that they, every time that they build the matrix, there's always a one that is inside of the matrix that ends up causing chaos and disrupting things. And every time that they have gotten to be uh, somewhat of a problem, like they might be like really starting to affect things, they're given a choice. We can destroy Zion and you don't gain anything or you can take a certain amount of males and females and you recreate zion we rebuild the matrix in a new version 
and then it's like rinse repeat and you start over. Neo's like, uh, yeah, fuck that. No, I I have a different solution. And the I think the thing is is that because this ending is so cerebral, people can't wrap their head around the fact that Neo would just like why would you just give up and allow Sith to or Smith to uh, to absorb him so that he just like he just gives up and he just like he just like sacrifices himself for what reason? The reason is is that he knows that as long as this cycle continues, they will never truly be able to break out of this because they need to do something different from what they've done in the past. The previous ones that have been in the Matrix have always followed the same path and nothing ever changes. So he's like, look, at a certain point, we have to stop doing what we're doing. Instead of maybe trying to fight the machines, just in the same way he's fighting Smith, he's like... What I need to do is I need to see if we can just broker some kind of a peace. Like, look, we don't have to destroy each other. We can coexist. And that's something that nobody else really wanted to do. It's always us versus them. Neo's like, no, what if we really, I mean, what if we can coexist with the machines? They can do their thing. We can do our thing. And, you know, in the process, it's like people that don't want to be part of the Matrix, if they want to be unplugged, they have the ability to. He gets everything that makes the situation better. It might not be the ending you wanted, but it's the ending that makes the most sense. Yeah, I mean, and also in war, uh, I forget who who uh, who said it. It was it was it goes something like, in war, um, there's no winner. It's just someone that decides that they don't want to lose any. Uh, that they don't want to lose any more. They don't want to lose any more to win. Was that so, Winston Churchill? It's some, yeah, I think it might have Winston been Churchill. Because he's like, you know, because everyone loses life. And eventually one side decides, I don't want to lose any more life to win. Right. I'll lose, but I'm not going to, you know, lose any more people. No, I'm not going to lose everything. Yeah, I'm not going to lose any more um, lives. And then the other side decides they will and they win the war, but they lose more lives. Right. Um, so that, that's that's kind of the basis for that, you know. And that's kind of a philosophy that went inside this matrix, too. Like, how much more are you willing to lose to win? Right. And I think that the ending of this, because some people just felt like it was unsatisfying that he would just give up and sacrifice himself and I'm like look you know not every time you make a movie do you have to have like this super amazing happy ending type thing where like they wrap everything up nicely everything works you know as you thought it would because that's kind of boring I mean we see plenty of that kind of shit it's actually refreshing to have a movie that's like look the main hero like he totally has to die in order for anything to change right you know like that's a that's a concept you don't normally see in, in stuff like Hollywood movies because the Wachowskis actually had the the fortitude to say you know what we're not going to just allow neo to just outright win and he gets to keep his life he wins he ultimately fulfills what he is meant to do. Now, the prophecy about the one destroying the Matrix and freeing all the humans and stuff like that, that didn't work out like exactly the way that it, they were told that it was going to. But in the end, they get basically what they want. The machines aren't attacking them anymore, and anybody who is in the Matrix that wants to be unplugged can be. 
So the restrictions are no longer there and there's not tension. And then this person's like, you know, there's like this weird like armistice thing where they're like, well, we're both going to like lay down our weapons and stuff like that. You know, it, it, I think people are kind of missing the point that it's like it's, at some point you're not really going to have like everything is just a super happy ending where everybody lives and all the bad guys die. Sometimes stories end where the heroes die too, but that's what makes them a hero because they actually have the balls to do something that nobody else would do. Exactly. That's why you have people, that's why you have like soldiers that get purple hearts posthumously. They're never going to see that purple heart. It will never be on their uniform, but their family can hold their head high and go, you know what, you know, my, uh, my mom or my dad or whoever sacrificed themselves in the name of battle to save other colleagues. Maybe they saved a ship in the Navy. Maybe they saved their platoon. They dove on a grenade. They, they triggered a landmine to save other people, like whatever. But sometimes we forget that that's who real heroes are is not the people that go to war and come back. Those are great people. If you can come back, that's great. But not everybody comes back. And to say that, like, it's not as satisfying to have, like, you know, the hero of the story die. It's like, in some cases, it's maybe more satisfying because you know that the sacrifice was for the greater good. Neo mm -hmm. just didn't kill himself or do something stupid that didn't make any sense. You know, he didn't die in vain. He died for a very specific purpose, which was to free everybody and to save everybody in Zion. And anybody who's not in Zion that wants to be in Zion, you know? Yeah. So... Exactly. I mean, it's, it's like Harry Potter. <laughs> I mean, Harry was willing to die to end everything. And, you know, I mean, that's just pretty similar, but no one fucking rioted when that happened. Right. In the Deathly Hallows Part 2. Right. But... I don't know, you think people hold Harry Potter to a much higher standard, though, than they do the Matrix? Like, they, they put Harry Potter on a pedestal, and they put Matrix, like, way, way down there? No, I think they put them both on a pedestal, because, yeah, yeah, they do expect perfection from Harry Potter, because they're like, okay, J.K. Rowling, you, you did all this great stuff, but now, like, ten years later, I notice this one thing that's inaccurate, and it's like, okay, for one, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Oh man, but I that that would be something else that's totally different. That would have to be like that would have to be like a whole like two month thing if we ever did Harry Potter. Like that would have to be like, and I'd actually have to watch them because I've only yeah. watched like pieces of a few. of them. I read all the books and I watched all the movies, so right. I, I would be the one that would be super prepared for it. Like anytime right you know it's kind of like how i am with ghost in the shell i'm the expert in that because i know so much about it and steve is kind of like catching up on it you know it'd be the same with harry potter or like game of thrones or something like steve would know way more about that shit than i would i would be trying oh, yeah. to catch up game of thrones would be yeah that's that's definitely my my genre right there so that that's really good stuff and i've read a couple of those books and uh watched the movies which I kind of stopped reading the books because they're nothing like the TV show. So Right, yeah. So, with the ultimate sort of legacy of The Matrix, now that we've explained how much the ending makes sense, right? Okay. There's a lot of people that feel like the Wachowskis 
ripped this movie off and they stole ideas and stuff like that. Oh, this movie isn't original. They took inspiration. They took ideas from too many things and ripped people off. So there was a thing that that popped up on the internet roughly about the same time that these, uh, well, well, about the time that the uh, Reloaded Revolutions came out. And so somebody on here decided that they were going to go ahead and call this out, right? So I'm going to read what they what they said. Now, this entire comment is verbatim from one person. They took, they stole from White Wolf, and they stole from Dean Kuntz's TikTok. <laughs> is that, okay. Uh, that's super That's super close. No. You know, no, or that's, something. That's, I just made those uh. up in my head. <laughs> uh, no, it's, uh, so point number nine, this is the ending point here. I have just received information that the Wachowskis never even wrote the original Matrix. They stole the story from a person by the name of Sophia Stewart. Yes, that is right. And it really explains a lot, too, because the final movies, although directed by the brothers, are so god-awful. Lots of great movies have not come from the men who directed them, but uh, to hear that they jacked the credit for it to boost their resume as supposed geniuses makes us all very unsettling. Revolutions left a lot of people shocked and outraged, but for good reason. It never resolved the real story of The Matrix. Those who don't like the original sit back now and and, uh, and uh, they hate... Uh, I guess they, they put hail? Like H-A-L-E? Maybe they meant to put hate? Hate the philosophical aspect of the uh, final two movies. But the truth is this movie is a phony... Is a, is vague because the material is far over the heads of the makers of it. Uh, so if you look up, because uh, I was like, I don't remember anything about this. So apparently it was a it was a hoax that started. So there was a rumor <laughs> going around on the internet. I had to say this. This is actually from like Time Magazine. They had to do an article on this to prove how like how much bullshit this was. So this article is from 2013, so almost exactly uh, 10 years after Reloaded and Revolutions came out. So it says, uh, Inside the Billion Dollar Matrix Lawsuit, One of the Internet's Most Pervasive Legends. For 10 years, the story of Sophia Stewart winning a court case for basing the Matrix off of her copyrighted screen treatment has continuously cropped up on the web, but court documents show the story is little more than a viral legend. And so there's like this whole... A story about like you know since 2005 multiple stories have popped up on the internet about Sophia Stewart a writer who now lives in Las Vegas winning a judgment against the Wachowskis um, 20th Century Fox and director James Cameron among others and being awarded millions of dollars in damages uh, so <laughs> so there's this whole uh, thing that like they apparently uh, took a treatment of a story that she had and ripped it off to make the Matrix and just put their name on it like they plagiarized it or something. And I'm like, I think what what this comes down to is that I think people in their heads can't figure out how uh, two people who were like big fans of sci-fi and kung fu and anime and like all this kind of stuff, and, that they could create something like this and entirely original trilogy based on some things that are from other works but right. nothing is nothing i mean nothing is like completely original nowadays i mean nothing there's so is much extensive as this either yeah originality is any thought that you have that you can write a story based on i mean i i 100 believe that like if you can 
write an entire story based off of your own thoughts. That's original. Right. Uh, it might not be original to the world. It's original to you. It's an imprint of you. So uh, don't just get... If you're a writer or something like that, don't get discouraged over these assholes. Uh, people are always going to hate what other people love or the passion. and um, It's very disappointing. Yeah. I, I think... To a degree, do you think the thing is is that people can't believe that, like the Wachowskis could actually write something like this, have an entire trilogy made by Warner Brothers, out of ideas that came out of their own head, it's their own original story, and they could create this whole universe without some kind of plagiarism or copying, or somebody else had to write it. I mean, the trilogy made one point six billion dollars, which, to put that in context, I mean. What did Frozen rip off? It made $1.27 billion. Um, so, I mean, what did Frozen rip off? Well, that's an easy question. They wrote, they ripped off a fable. No one talks about um, these fairy tale stories that get made by Disney that make a billion dollars. Um, right. Being plagiaristic or being able to rip something off. And they, they are. They are. Well, you know, what was it? Um, um, Prince Ali. Um, Prince Ali, the story or whatever. Prince Ali and the 40 Thieves. Yeah. It's basically Aladdin. Yeah. <laughs> they just, like, took this. They just took that story and they're like, well, we're going to make our own version. Yeah. Yeah. It's Aladdin now. Uh, and and people even, love Aladdin. <laughs> I mean, it's a great, it's a great movie. I yeah, it's a really it. good movie. You know, but a lot of those uh, Disney things were taken from real, like, stories. Like, real stories before there were any copyrights that you could do. Like, anybody could do those stories. It's public domain. Right. And um, Disney exploited the shit out of public domain. Cause they, they are the reason that public domain still exists. And honestly, if you want to petition that I'd suggest everyone petition it because I think public domain in my opinion is kind of bullshit <laughs> um, preach brother Steve <laughs> because a lot of it is they will trap original works still to this day in public domain in between copyrights and stuff like that and then it either can't be used or it can be used for free and that's just not cool Right. Um, they should at least be donating some of this money to something relative to these writers or artists or whatever, but they just purely profit off from it. At least at least petition to have Disney actually do something with their money related to these people that these are the areas that these stories are based off from. Don't don't let them just hoard all of it. And I love Disney. I love the Marvel stuff, but a lot of the stuff is just you know, just like, oh, well, anybody can use this. Well, let's use it. And it's like, oh, well, someone else wants to make a Latin movie. Nope, we copyrighted it. It's like, wait, what? How? Yeah. They do that. They do that. No one else can make an Aladdin movie except Disney. Even though it's based off of a story of this public domain. Exactly. That's that's the power that Disney has. And, you know, look it up if you want to, because I actually read about this. They'll take stuff that's public domain, they'll rename it, but it'll be the exact same story, then they'll copyright it themselves, and then no one else can use it. Right. 
Because, like, the, the Little Mermaid was taken from something, too, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, uh, it, you know, pretty basically all the legendary Disney stories, every one of them. Uh, Snow White, uh, Little Mermaid, uh, Cinderella. Well, like, Tangled is basically Rapunzel. Yeah, Tangled is Rapunzel, and Disney will do this thing where they'll take these stories, and then they'll make them, then they'll copyright them, and that's why you don't see anyone else being able to make stuff like that. Right. Because you can't make, like, regular Snow White stuff. You have to make, like, Snow White and the Huntsman. Yeah, you have to make Snow White and the Huntsman, which was... Who, who made that? Paramount? Uh, we'll go with that, yeah. I don't know. Universal, <laughs> something like that? Yeah. But, yeah, they can't make, like, just a Snow White movie. They have to make Snow White and the Huntsman. Unless they get per Because that's the Disney. public domain story, which is the actual story. Yeah. Uh, but they can't make the actual legendary Snow White story that Disney made a cartoon. Right. That's why Disney's turning around making all these movies about this stuff because they basically just stacked up right public domain stories and then copyrighted them like the Jungle Book and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, because the Jungle Book is what basically Tarzan, right? And they just take Tarzan and turn it into Jungle Book. It's basically Tarzan, but except Tarzan growing up, he's a kid. Yeah, is this all it is? Cause yeah, Tarzan is Tarzan growing up, which Tarzan's still Disney. <laughs> uh, in Jungle Book's Disney. So, it's like kid version Tarzan, grown up Tarzan. Uh, they own all of it. Um, but that's what they do. They trap things in public domain. They take them. They make them, make it their own, and then copyright it. Which is, should be illegal. <laughs> right. You know, but it's not. Because no one has the rights to it. And a lot of these people don't have families. Because they're so old. But I'm pretty sure you could find descendants. Do Check your background. Start suing Disney. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I probably owed some money somewhere because of something my grandpa did back in the day, yeah. you know? Like, stuff like that. But it's, I, like, I, it's like Sherlock Holmes. We don't need eight Sherlock Holmes movies. I mean, someone has to fucking be able to claim this. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because, like, Sherlock, anybody can make Sherlock stories or, like... Yeah, Arthur Conan Doyle. I mean, it's, it's, basically, like, it's basically like Star Wars uh, fan fiction now at this point. Yeah. I feel like, you know who can make Sherlock Holmes? Everyone. Right, yeah. BBC can make it. You can have movies about it. Like, whatever. You can make uh, an entirely separate TV show that's called mm -hmm. Elementary that's based on it. Like, yeah. all kinds of shit, man. Like, uh, but I think the thing about the Wachowskis, what they did here is pretty monumental because what they did was they basically created... A trilogy entirely on their own that could, you know, be up there with something like, say, Star Wars. Because people back in the day, until people started to hate George Lucas all of a sudden, people always used to say, like, yeah, George, like, changed the industry because, you know, he didn't really like to go through the studio system. He pretty much got his own funding. He did his own story. It was original. You know, he marketed it. He, like, did all the toys, like, everything. And all this kind of stuff. And people back in the day praised the shit out of George Lucas because he revolutionized special effects and you know he did all of this stuff and then when the Wachowskis come around and the Wachowskis have created their own trilogy with their own unique characters and all that kind of stuff and then, the whole way yeah and and that's the thing it's like if people if people started to eventually hate on Star Wars because they felt like they were ruining everything with the prequels and stuff like that and then with the Wachowskis the thing was well the first movie was really good the first movie's like you know, for a lot of people, it's considered kind of like a classic sci-fi movie. 
you know, we consider it a classic, but we also like part two and part three because we know that The Matrix is a trilogy, and as a whole, the entire thing is really well done. And there's layers upon layers upon layers of this shit, like an onion. Or you making really... Minaj's ass. Right, there's a layer lot of layers layer of, layer. of ass just in that one person. So, but I think the the thing is, is that people, when they get to this point where, like, because the Wachowskis, when they started getting some backlash like this, they don't really make stuff that much anymore. And no. you see how much... Like, for Demand Dead, it was awesome. Right, yeah. Uh, and we'll probably eventually get to that movie, too, because that movie's pretty awesome. It's not mm-hmm. it's not nearly as epic, maybe, as like the Matrix stuff is, but V for Vendetta is extremely well done. Old Nat Portman. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Old Nat and Nat. Yeah, shaved head Natalie Portman, which is still, still sexy. super still hot, sexy. even with a shaved head. Like, it's ridiculous. It's, right. Uh, but I, I think that... If I shaved my head, I'd look fucked up. Right. But you can do it. And I would you look still look hot. Right. And it's like, you're ridiculous, Natty. Right. How the hell is that possible? Jesus. You know? Is there anything you can't do? Right. <laughs> she can awesome rap, Awesome as too. Padme. You can rap. You're great in everything you do. Fucking awesome. Right. Uh, but I think that what we've learned from going through... You know, like the like the Star Wars prequels, like we did, because we did the entire trilogy of Star Wars prequels. Listen to them now. Yeah, listen to them, because uh, this is the second trilogy we've done in, in its entirety, and there's a lot of similarities because hate eventually drove Lord George Lucas away from his creation, and he was like, "Fuck it," you know, it's all these fucking uh, ass hurt people on the internet just don't like me, and they complain about Jar Jar and all that stuff, so I'm gonna have to sell at Disney. You know, so they basically ran him out of the business. George was like, fuck it. I don't really want to make movies anymore because anytime I make something that's like Star Wars related, people will fucking hate on it. And the Wachowskis have kind of, like, their career has kind of suffered because uh, everybody hated, like, the way the Matrix ended and it, like, it, like, ruined their reputation somehow. They're yeah. amazing filmmakers and yet they have, they struggle to be able to make stuff. Like, the Wachowskis could still be cranking out good stuff. But people were like, yeah, well, Speed Racer was shit, and, you know, V for Vendetta, like, it was kind of cool, but, like, you fucked the Matrix up, and, like, if people just hate on stuff like this, and it See, just kills the spirit of the creator. Right, and, and this is some, you know, unwarranted hate, not, you know, not unlike M. Night Shyamalama Ding Dong. Shyamalama Ding Dong. The twist is you can't say his name. Yeah. <laughs> Shalman, right? Shyamalan. Shyamalan. <laughs> Shyamalan Ding Dong. Shalamar? Is it Shalamar Le Ding Dong Malaysia? <laughs> I think that's right. Is that what it is? Okay. Yeah. I don't know what that is in Hindu, but, you know, maybe. <laughs> Craig. Yeah, it's Craig. <laughs> yeah, his name is just, uh, it's just M. Night Craig. <laughs> that's retarded. <laughs> That's probably the most retarded thing we've ever done on the show. <laughs> but and we like it. We, we like some of the nice stuff, but some of it was just like, um, he kept going for that twist. Yeah, he was like, I gotta, I gotta one up, uh, six cents and signs. Like, I gotta do better than that. Right. And it's like, no, you, you're a really good director because his films look. Like, uh, the visuals of it always look really good. Like, 
Except maybe the last Airbender. Um, <laughs> but they usually look like really brilliant, like so smooth, so realistic looking, and yeah, you know now he's on some other stuff, which is you know critically acclaimed, like everybody's loving what he's doing now. I mean, I guess it's pretty easy when you're like, oh fuck, I'm my career's almost over. James McAvoy. You want to do a movie with <laughs> Right, yeah. Can you resurrect my career, please? Yeah. But people uh, hated on him, that Shyamalan, because of uh, Last Airbender movie, and it, his career started to take a turn for the worst at that point. Yeah, well, the, the reason, and, you know, we are beyond the hate, but the reason that his career started falling off because of Last Airbender is because he's actually the person that probably should care the most about it but did nothing related to Last Airbender in the movie. Right. So people were like, what the fuck? Shouldn't you care about this? Uh, he should, but he didn't. Right. Uh, <laughs> but one of the things we've noticed from, like, well, from doing Star Wars and then also doing The Matrix now is that, like, trilogies, in a lot of sense, they, they're difficult to pull off and you're probably not going to make everybody happy because there's a lot of butthurt people we went through you know, uh, over two hours for each movie. Like, Reloaded was, like, almost three hours. Yeah. That that was, you know, and this is getting, you know, relatively close to three hours. But I think the, the just to kind of wrap things up a little bit, I think what happens is that in, in Hollywood, if you try to do something original and you do something that thinks outside the box... People will fucking hate you for it. But the thing is, is like George Lucas got discouraged and sold off Star Wars to Disney. And we get more we get more Star Wars now because of it, but it's bittersweet because George isn't really involved. He shows up, you know, a few a few days on the set of the Han Solo movie and like gives some pointers to the guys about like, hey, maybe you should have Han Solo do this, or maybe Lando should be doing this, or whatever. But we could still have like actual for real Star Wars with George Lucas. If people weren't so butthurt and just talk shit about the guy and how horrible he is as a filmmaker. You know what? Those same people that want to talk shit are the same people that fucking wear Star Wars t-shirts. The people who talk shit about The Matrix have fucking copies of these movies in their collection. And they would still want to talk shit about it. And it's like, instead of being negative about everything, why don't we celebrate the shit that's really good so that we can continue to keep getting stuff like this instead of like the fucking Baywatch movie and stuff that's like remakes of TV shows and shit. I want to see original shit like The Matrix because it's so different from everything else. It's not like, well, we're going to take some old TV show, we're going to take some old movie and just reboot it. Hey, let's make another version of Scarface. No, fuck that. Why don't we find the next movie that could be a crime drama like Scarface that's just super original? Everybody's obsessed with, like, talking shit about originality, and what you get is watered-down rehashes of old shit we've seen before. I couldn't agree more. Original content is always better. And it's what gets shit on the most. Yeah. And this is Ben Beyond the Hate. Peace.
yourself, fuck everyone else. Gotta remember that nobody's better than anyone else here. Look what they do to you, look what they do to me. You must be joking if you think that either one is free. Yeah.